0: What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening into this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I'm here with my co-host, Kendall Stewart. As always, Kendall, I am super psyched for this show because my college basketball team is the best team in the country. It's confirmed. It's wrapped up. It's done. The best team in college basketball in America is Gonzaga. They just came off. I don't know if I would call it upsetting. I saw SportsCenter had an upset alert. I'm like, number three. They put the upset alert for Yeah, the before vacuum. the game was over. Like, it was a halftime. Yeah. yeah, upset alert. Oh, that's that's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. But like, look, as like, you a, I a watching, fan, you you respect this kind of disrespect. I was constantly. watching uh, when you guys were playing last night. I yeah. think it was against when you guys were playing Arizona. They put the upset alert because Lipscomb was about to beat TCU. And they ended up beating TCU. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, upset yeah. alert in non-conference yeah. season is kind of weird. <laughs> but they put an upset alert for Gonzaga over Duke. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. That's just like. Gonzaga played a the national championship guy, game man. more recently than Duke has. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Like, I mean, they <laughs> were in the championship just the season before last season. And they're the number three team in the country. They're playing a number one team who Gonzaga was ranked ahead of before last week. Yeah. <laughs> before exactly. before Pre-season, that season, they were better. Yeah. And so, that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. um, Boy. Yeah. Sports Center, ESPN. Gotta got love the disrespect, but nonetheless, uh, I I thought Ken, it was that game we just watched. we were recording this on Wednesday. I thought that that was a spectacular game. Gonzaga beating Duke eighty nine eighty seven. There was a lot of talk about this Duke team, and this was gonna be their their big early season test. I gotta look at the rest of their schedule to see if they have any more. Play Indiana, I believe, on Tuesday. I mean, that's not, not gonna been, be that's not yeah. gonna be as tough as this game at home. They they played no road games until like. Until like mid January. That's kind of surprising. I feel like K. I don't know. Maybe just the <laughs> no. home and home thing. The home and home thing got away from him. But I feel like he likes to do more neutral site stuff. At least. Well, they do play. They play neutral site games. Yeah, I know. I mean, they had a whole tournament. But they don't here, play like a true. They don't play a true road game, till like. Might be till conference players. So surprising. I don't really get that. Yeah, you're right. Because Indiana, which is uh, home, Stetson. Generally, their Hartford, one road game is, is in the ACC big yeah, Ten. one of these games are going to be at Madison Square Garden because they always play Madison Square Jay Garden. Jay Williams probably. was talking about it during the telecast, during halftime of, like, their last game. He was, like, he was like, I only played one. I think he said he only played one true road game his entire career. I didn't realize career. that. <laughs> at Duke. <laughs> and it was probably the one year, like, the one year in the Big Ten Challenge where they were probably, where they were yeah. forced to play on the road. Well, team. they get so much abuse on the road in <laughs> conference play. I a mean, case, like, I'm not going to subject my boys to that during, <laughs> yeah, exactly. during the, he's the non-conference. To that. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, he's like, I'm too old for that. Um, but uh, so yeah, this is definitely their toughest test that they're going to have in the non-conference easily. You the like, the can make the case it might have been the toughest test they're going to have all year. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have Virginia and that's gonna be the the next big test that'll be are you uh, nineteenth. this was a tougher test in the Kentucky game uh, uh I, I'm sure Zion and uh RJ and cam Reddish and Coach K would all agree that this was much tougher test when it, in this one marky Mary's bowling after the auburn game they asked him about playing auburn and he was like yeah you know this is the best team we've played so far I played like, like three games. <laughs> Well, I was like, they played Kentucky. First game season. <laughs> easy. Like, this is well, look, He said like Point blank. This is the best. All right, but Kendall, so is he lying though? I mean, At the time, was he not, not lying? But you <laughs> he was the preseason number two team in the country. <laughs> but we know that was trash. But yeah, that clearly was a hella trash decision. Like, clearly. I don't know. Like, I, when they did a preseason, I, did, I still didn't but, get it. I, I don't think he was being inten- I don't think he was intentionally trying to shake Kentucky. I don't think he was either. But that's that's just how it came off to me. Because I'm like, dad, yo. Yeah. I think we'll talk about I think Kentucky a little later in the show, but they, yeah, they, they have not had a good week. Yeah, they've had an awful week. <laughs> they, they've not had a good that. season. It's not been a good. It's not been the the season the start of the season. Should, that I think Cal would have liked. Should Duke fans uh, panic? No, um, I, I honestly, if I was a Duke fan, I feel more encouraged by this game really than maybe I other people that would that. think, and more maybe that's you anything. I would say that because Gonzaga won. I feel more encouraged. Look, I know. Look, I, I'll go to Gonzaga. <laughs> we well, are Gonzaga fans. So like, yeah, it's a great game. No, no, Duke. I'm going to keep it 100. Like, like, you lost to Gonzaga without Killian Tilly. And they played back to back. You played back to back, but they just played back to back with down one man. So, okay, that sounds a little alarming. But if I'm a Duke fan, I got this uber young team that's still learning chemistry going up against a seasoned veteran. Gonzaga squad, a squad that's so well coached under Mark Few, and I think they, I think, I think they kind of got out schemed in the first 25 minutes of that game. I just think that Gonzaga knows what they're doing on offense every time. They know how to get good shots every time, and then they got hot, and that's a terrible combination because a team of freshmen who are still trying to learn defensive principles, still learning how to, you know, impose their will on the games, how to get stops when you need stops, and still trying to learn how to win. So the idea that team, okay, they got clobbered to start the game and that they were able to knuckle down, get some stops defensively, which I think was aided by I, – I think Zion was really running out of gas those last eight or nine minutes. But still, I mean, you got to get the stops. And they got the stops, and they grinded to come back in that game. And to see those young kids, especially Zion and RJ, bow their way back into that game, slowly grind their way back into that game. Trey Jones, I thought, hit some big shots. To me, I look at that and I say, okay, in theory, if we had to play this team with Killing and Tilly, that's going to present some problems. But the fact that I got this young team, played back to back games against maybe the most well put together team in the country in regards to like chemistry, talent, like combination, not that just talent. Roster, yeah. yeah. Talent, roster, coach, everything. This might be the most well put together team that's like ready to win a game in November. I was two points away and four straight defensive stops or uh, defensive plays where I didn't get the ball on the rim from winning the game. I'd feel encouraged by that. I know Duke fans, everything needs to be a win. They expect greatness. So maybe there's a little bit of disappointment, but I I came away as a Gonzaga fan, no shade at all. I was impressed with how Duke battled back. I felt like other young teams would have seen the onslaught they were getting from those threes that Norvell and these guys were hitting and would have Fold up 10 and be like, oh, oh, oh. like Kentucky, tomorrow bro. we'll be on the beach in Hawaii. It'll be fine, whatever. And we'll just take this runner-up trophy. And they didn't do that. So, no, I don't think this is time to panic at all. Yeah. There are some issues they got to worry about. Bolden can't guard anybody. So, like, Gazag was killing him in pick and roll. So what do you do when you don't put him out there? And uh But otherwise, I, I think that I'll be encouraged. For me, I mean, if you're Duke, this was basically – this game was like a, a blueprint for why I was not nearly as excited about the team as most people were, um, and for why they weren't preseason number one. Um, Cam Reddish did not play well. No, you, you know he's a freshman. It's gonna happen. Doesn't make me any less excited for him as an NBA prospect. But this team's got no depth. I mean, yeah. Cam Reddish did not play well. Who who stepped up in his place? Who off the bench? Who outside of their? Big four freshman class stepped up and replaced his production. I mean, no, they, Jack White, they don't have anyone who could do that. I Jack mean, White in theory could hit shots, but he relies on being wide open. Yeah, you know, and like if you play against a, a good defensive team like Zag it's those shots that he was getting against Auburn and against uh, San Diego State. Those shots, he he had no open looks there. Yeah, uh, I mean O'Connell, like they need these guys to be. When, when Cam Reddish isn't playing great, or when R.J. Barrett isn't playing great, they need those guys to give him 10, 15 points. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if those guys are capable of doing anything besides hitting wide open threes. Yeah. And that's a problem because this team isn't... They, Coach K didn't recruit eight McDonald Americans. He recruited four. And that's... I mean, <laughs> I mean for most people, that's a, that's a lot. If you <laughs> told me I got four McDonald no, Americans, no, yeah. we have a squad. Yeah. But... But we had nothing else. Yeah, the rest of his team is gone. Yeah. You know, now he's relying on guys that... I mean, Alex O'Connell was a four-star recruit, and Jack White was a big-time guy coming out of Australia. But, like, now we're asking these guys to be, like... You, now, you if R.J. Barrett doesn't play great, or Cam Reddish doesn't play great, I'm need you to go out there and score 20. And these guys aren't capable of doing that right now. And that's a concern because, like I said, Cam Reddish is a freshman, R.J. is a freshman, Zion's a freshman... These guys are gonna have bad games, especially on the road, especially in ACC play, and and especially in the NCAA tournament. And in those scenarios, you're gonna need guys to step up. I mean, look at last night for Gonzaga. Zach Norvell didn't play great uh, in good. the first half, but you guys were able to weather the blow because you guys had deep. You guys were either a deep team with guys off the bench that you could rely on yeah. to replace that production and. I mean, or look at the fact that Killian Tilly's not even there. Yeah. And you guys just beat Duke. If Zion Williamson didn't play, you, they would have lost that game by 25 points. Like, yeah. Yeah. so that's that's the whole, that's my biggest concern with Duke. Because one, like I said, they can't survive an injury. They can't survive foul trouble. They need all their guys. And mind you, Trey Jones played arguably the best game he's played all year. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to play this well going forward. He's really the guy that, quote-unquote, replaced Cam Reddish's production. Yeah. But... You're going to need all these guys to play great every game, and that's not going to happen with freshman. Yeah. I mean, I get those things. I think you got to hope that some of these other guys, uh, Delorier, White, they only played O'Connor three minutes in this game. He took some crazy shot, and they were like, we're They just <laughs> pulled him off Yeah. <laughs> we were watching, me and uh, our brother Henry were watching it. He was... Uh, he was like, I hate when guys have this kind of tunnel vision where they don't even look to pass the ball. He's like, that kid just took it look, and man, shot the ball. Look, man, as someone who's played on teams where you don't, you, know you, don't, you don't know if you're getting back in the game, man, yeah. you're, getting that, told, you're getting that rock, is going up. I told, Henry, I told Henry that story. you know, I was like, EJ always tells the story oh, yeah. you know, where I got in the game. Oh, yeah. When I was playing high school. I had to predetermined my yeah shooting if, the Yeah, job. if I got the ball and I had any kind of space, the shot was going up. <laughs> there was no hesitation. There was no thought about what the offense was running. It was going up, and I luckily I was decent enough shooter that, like, you know, I didn't shoot a poor percentage, but, yeah, I'm going. And, like, that's what every player thinks. That's not, like, me, like, oh, yeah, if you don't play a lot and, like, you get out there in the game, like, O'Connell is a guy who, like, you know, is a, is a a was a decorated high school player <laughs> exactly. where he's from. Like, he thinks he's nice. He is nice, like, on some level. <laughs> right. He's playing three minutes for Duke. Like, he gets out in the game in a Maui <laughs> final against Gonzaga. He gets he's open. Put, he's putting the ball up. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to blame him for that. But um, honestly, it's a problem that he only played three minutes because again they rely they were gonna rely on him. To, I know. To be I think important. the issue. I think the issue becomes. <laughs> I think for a guy like him, I think the issue was he can't guard anyone on the floor. Right, he's a complete liability. Bolden was a complete liability, and they were pick and roll so him to death. And you know Clark and Rui are so good in that pick and roll slip action. If you can't guard pick and roll as a big man, and you no know, Bolden, I know he's been recovering a knee injury, like. You're you're not you can't do anything, yeah. you know, and I don't know why Auburn couldn't Auburn couldn't exploit that a little more. Like well, Golden played great the night before, but Gonzaga killed them and they had to pull them out the game. That's why Delore played yeah, so much because at have, least can guard it a little bit. Auburn doesn't have the stretch bigs that Gonzaga. Has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's an issue. Uh, for the issue for them, and that's something I'd be worried about with with Duke. But again, I, I wouldn't be super concerned. You know, a 9 for 25 from Barrett. That's uh, my a problem three, Barrett, A 3 for 9 right? from Reddish. But I can't expect I'm going to get those kind of games often. And I get that game and I lose to the number 3 team in the country. I'll mean, i be it again. There gonna be one games, of the best players, but still. There are going to be games like the Kentucky okay game where Zion and Barrett both scored 35 and they're going to look amazing. But there will also be games where those guys look like freshmen. And I don't know if Duke can survive those games. And that's going to be a concern. And what happens when... Because teams, I already see these teams like defensively are playing Zion and Barrett better than Kentucky did yeah well I think Gonzaga played them the best they've, we've seen I thought Auburn played them well too and but I thought Gonzaga forced um I just thought they forced Zion to work for to work for, I mean he was eight for 17 that's not a bad number that's not a bad number <laughs> Kentucky here it's just I, I felt <laughs> like every time he went up there was three guys around him yeah, I mean, and mean, like, jumping Gizag- over them. And Gonzaga, I mean, he was jumping over them, but Gonzaga got some athletes that can jump. Yeah. You know, you got Ruby and Clark, and Purdue have that seven feet. It was a big, big guys, even that, for Zion. That's and that's making him over. work. And, and then... Briar had to do the same thing. And then, you know, Zion, he'll miss a dunk because he's tired because he's had to right. work so hard for every bucket. Um, no, I mean, it's... I mean, it's, gonna, it's a long season. Duke will have plenty of losses. Um, I still think there are, like, a... Final five, four yeah. type contender. of contender. Yeah, will be sure. they'll be a yeah. top two seed, no doubt. Is Gonzaga the best team in the country? I I, I know so. But Gonzaga, I'm asking you because I'm the I'm the biased the one. On best this show. team in the country? That's so hard to determine this early in the season. Um, I mean, this is the best win, obviously. But I mean, Duke had the best win against Kentucky. But this is a more of a real win. The the Kentucky win, like you said, I don't know how good Kentucky really is. But and Kentucky quit in that game. Yeah, and that yeah, that also has to be considered also. Um, and that's something to look at. Gonzaga will be a one-seed. Because Duke could have quit like Kentucky did, and this could have got ugly, and they that's did not. That Honestly, that's the biggest, that's the most impressive thing, is that they fought back. Because multiple times they got down by 16, and they still yeah. fought back. Um, but no, I, I feel like this Duke team is going to be a one-seed. Well, not, no, not Duke. Gonzaga, I think, will be a one-seed. I don't know. There's no team in the West Coast Conference that's touching this team. Well, the important thing about a run like this is that that's three wins against Power Six conference teams. Yeah, Arizona looked way better than I expected. I think that's a team that I don't know where I would have ranked them, but I think that they may be. I'm not sure about Arizona yet. I think there may be a factor, in I'm not saying they win the Pac-12, but they I think there'll be a bubble team. I think there's a chance they make the tournament now. Yeah. So that's another tournament win, and so that's three wins against Power Six. I know Illinois is not great, and they struggled <laughs> way more than they should have in that game. But that's three wins against Power Six teams. You got. Three more games coming up with North Carolina. Uh, you got Tennessee Washington. and you got Washington. They're in favored in all of them. They're all very hard <laughs> games, and they could still easily lose two of them. But the Man. idea is that they should get at least one or two more. And so when you're talking about being a one seed, they'll have awesome. the resume because before the, you know the West Coast Conference has always dragged them down. And I've always argued still, a few always schedules well. But this is, like, the hardest schedule I think he's ever put this together. This is clearly Murphy saying, like, y'all, My team is good. y'all ain't going to mention yeah. nothing what's about up? strength and schedule. Yeah, and I think that's him, like, looking at his roster from, like, a year or two years ago and saying, what's up? I'll Man. see you. I'll see you. I will see you guys. <laughs> right. with the guys i bring it in this year. Right, right. And he looks like he's right. It looks like he made the right call. Because these are going to be great games, great tests, and I'm excited to see where this team goes. I, I, I think right now they're the best team. but I, To me, I, I think these are two of the top Five. three or four teams. Yeah. I mean – to me, Kansas and and Virginia are the teams. I have the think I look at and say, "Yeah, these teams are also in that." have something to say. Tennessee will get a chance to say something against Gonzaga next week. Yeah, get a chance against Kansas tomorrow, <laughs> and they got Kansas, Kansas very soon. <laughs> so a lot of these teams are gonna have a chance. That's what's great about this early season, and it seems like the the non conference has been getting better and better with these like really marquee matchups. And it's gonna be fun to keep watching. Uh, but let's uh let's move on from the NBA from the college to the NBA. Can okay, we got to talk about these Warriors. Uh, it's been, you know, we didn't do the show last week, but so we didn't get to go into the whole Draymond-Durant situation where there was that major blow-up on the court that then spilled into the locker room that led to a Draymond Green suspension because of some things he called Kevin Durant and him question, reportedly questioning Durant's loyalties and, and where he lies and well, talking about his free agency. On that situation, yeah. real quick. What do you think? What's your theory on what happened? What do you mean? What's my? Well, because explain. I mean, we saw what happened on the court. I mean, you know, like I said, Draymond made a dumb basketball play. Durant was pissed off, and things happened. It Was the Draymond play dumb? Yeah. yeah
1: mean, it was. A, it was a terribly dumb. I mean, play. It was a dumb play. It was a terribly dumb.
0: But, play. but I mean, Durant has to sit back and be like, "Yo, this is a regular season game against the LA Clippers." Where the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I like the fight. I mean, the Celtics aren't showing any of that fight. But you have to understand, this team's won two two championships. Draymond's won three. They don't care about regular season games against the Clippers. So, I think obviously, I think there was more to that. But yeah. then it, the fact that it spills over into the locker room from what we saw on the court. And then Draymond gets suspended. Right. When he, once he got suspended, I was like, man, something must have happened in that locker room. I don't think it's what's been reported. I think something worse has happened than what we've seen? I, being reported, I think so. The fact that I, him saying, I do think it's... Didn't like it, an unnamed warrior say something like crazy? I don't remember. I feel like I remember reading a quote. I mean, I mean some yeah, of those unnamed like, warriors were, were pretty, uh, they <laughs> said some pretty they, depressing they, things that you're They were your yeah, so. like, yeah, the ref's not coming back. Yeah, they're like, no way he's coming back, this team. <laughs> um, crazy. I mean, the rumor is that Draymond said, like he said, that, you know, we won a championship without you. We don't need you. Go home or whatever. Which I thought was hilarious because it reminded me of the RDC World one thing. Yo, that's what I kept saying. Like, yo, shout out to Mark Phillips and RDC World. Because he literally. Like, this this thing was that bit. It was that, that He did that bit <laughs> from a YouTube video. He he must have got it from that, honestly. He must have watching. watching that. I'm, I'm, li- I'm li- reading read, the reports. I'm like, yo, I'm like a- yo, this is exactly the bit that they were doing RDC World. <laughs> Same skit. I'm surprised he didn't do like an update, cause like of that situation, yeah. maybe they might be busy or something. Who knows? Shout out to Mark Phillips. Even if, if he ever wants to come on this show and talk, yeah, yeah. we'll reach out to him one day. Yeah, I would love to talk to him, but yeah. Have him do the voices, it would <laughs> all be great. <laughs> Shout out, you, check out RDC World, man. I don't plug too many people, but yo, yeah, his videos, dreams. his videos on YouTube, RDC World One, hilarious. You won't, you won't regret it. But I don't think it had anything to do with him. Daring Kevin Durant to leave and saying that we don't need you because so don't, I, Durant's an emotional guy. But and while that it does cross some line, that's not a suspension. That's just creates some friction in the locker makes it awkward. So what? But I, I'll tell you what I think. But what do you think happened? Mike you, you clearly I, I I, 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 you don't know. I don't know. That's why you're asking. I, I don't. I don't know if Draymond. They said it wasn't physical, so I don't know if he cursed him out. Like I mean, even cursing. Did that get you a suspension? I mean. Yeah, here's hmm. what I think. Here's why I think. Here's what I think happened. I don't think that reporting is that off. So I'm not with you there. I think that something close to what happened happened. I am not saying that the reports are lying. Right. I'm saying there's more that there's being left out. I think. I think this is more to do with this team being tired of Draymond's nonsense than we think. I think everyone's pinning it to, oh, it's him and Durant, him and Durant. And like, yeah. That has a lot to do with it. Like, the guy that they're trying to resign, if you go out there talking crazy about how this guy is soft and he, 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 we don't need you and stuff, yeah. I mean, that's detriment, conduct detrimental to the team. Right. Detrimental to the future of the team. Everything about that is detrimental. He's supposed to be the guy recruiting him to stay on him. He's telling him to get the hell out of there. So, all that's true. But to me, Draymond, the way I saw it, you asked me what I see there, I think Draymond flew, over the, flew off the handle. I mean... I'll get to my issues with Durant, but I don't have many issues with how he handled that situation from what's been reported. Right. Draymond made a stupid play. If I'm playing in the game and I'm the best scorer in the world and you make something stupid, I'm going to say something about it. And if I'm the leader of the team or one of the leaders of the team and I have a relationship with Draymond where we've gone back and forth so we can challenge each other, we can push each other, and I'm really upset about it, I may push you even more about how stupid that was. How this uh, is going to cost I the game. I don't know. I thought Durant. I thought he overreacted a little bit. Only I, because I don't, I don't think he was very demonstrative. I think he like was saying, "What the hell, dude? What are you doing?" Like that was a I mean. Yo, Kendall, that was a you have a to ridiculous play. You game. have to trust Draymond Green though. It's not that he doesn't trust him, but I, I, I think like it's him the way saying, but I think it's him. Look at him saying, "But that was." But Kendall. him saying, "Give me the ball. Give me the ball." And then. He does a stupid play and like, he curses him out. Do like I, your, I, do I, do I? Because Draymond's like, like, yo, I'm not a scrub. Like, right. don't talk to me like that. Do that's li- the way it looked. Do I like, I mean, I never really like team players, teammates showing up, teammates. I never liked this as a player. Don't like it when I see it. So the clapping hands, kind of getting themselves. If that was Patrick McCall, who is still a free agent for some reason. If that was Patrick McCall. Yeah, the dude or the guy come off the bench for them that, like, was playing in, like, China. you <laughs> I can't remember the guy's uh, name. Damian Lee? No, not Damian Steph Lee. Steph Curry's brother-in-law? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, what's the yeah. guy? The guy who played good from this year, McKinney. Oh, oh yeah, Lonzo yeah. McKinney, well, he, took it, he just took his spot. he like, we'll just replace you with some random guy. <laughs> McKinney's playing great, too. But if that was McKinney, then you, Durant, do whatever you want. I mean, that dude, I mean, he's, he, he deserves to get cursed out if he decides to go one-on-five and, <laughs> and not give the ball to Kevin Durant. But Draymond Green's an Olympian, a three-time champ. I think, look, I, again— Durant, some teammates, some teammates are more forceful about when they're upset, and Durant, as we've seen his blows with Westbrook, we've seen his entire career. Like when he wants the ball, knows his ways, he doesn't get it. He's gonna let you know about it in not the nicest way. I, am sorry, sorry. I think Draymond. I'm sorry. I think Steph Curry's a way better player than Draymond Green. If Steph enough. Curry goes. I'm gonna try to get this guy. Draymond Green, there was nothing good that was gonna happen out of that. Like I think, like, I think you're underestimating how stupid a play that was, which is why I kind of understand. Well, no, I Durant, understand, it was a I can't understand why Durant was like, "Dude, what the hell?" Like I keep saying that because, like that, I watched it. I'm but like, it's what not is he stupid doing? in the sense that I didn't want Draymond Green with the ball in his hands. It's more, it was stupid. Like, like why did you dribble into that, into that crowd and like you, you were going nowhere. But, but Draymond Green's a point guard for them. Yeah, but at the but but Kendall, it wasn't necessarily about. Cause remember the time I don't want to say it was too much, but the time right, wasn't. There right. was only like five or six seconds, so it wasn't like if it's fifteen seconds he's pushing the ball. That's different because you know, okay, the options he get. Yeah. Because if you push the one, the guy that's taking the ball is taking the last it. shot. Yeah. It's good. If you ball four seconds left on a full, that's it. He so that's why Durant was like, we don't have time for you to be doing your foolishness, which is what happened. So, so to answer your question overall, of why I think what I think happened, I think Draymond flew off the handle. I think Durant. Mostly rightfully so, maybe not the nicest way, but rightfully so as delivery team and be like, What are you doing? I need the ball there. And I think Green has some pent up frustration about this whole free agent situation. It's clear that this situation has bothered this team. There's no question about it. And I think that he used that pent up frustration to just lash out. And I think the Warriors saw that and were like, No, 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 you've had we've had enough of your random explosive moments out of nowhere. We're not going to stand for it anymore. And especially not for the guy we're trying to bring back. So I think that situation had more to do with Draymond than it did Durant. Now, everything that's happened since then has been on, has been Durant really more in the forefront. So, like I said before, this is a team that's uh, struggled mildly. They've lost three games in a row. They play. They're playing tonight against the Thunder. I don't know. They may win by the time this podcast is over, or when you guys listen to this. But regardless, they've played very poorly. Their only win in the last two or three weeks was against the Hawks, and that was in a nail biter. Um, what's the temperature you have on the team? Is this? Is, this, is it, Are we looking at? Oh, no, Are we looking on. at the cracks? We'll get to Durant's future, <laughs> but we're looking at the cracks in this season. Everyone kept saying, and, uh, you know, shout out to my boy Jason Bisnoff. He always says that this season the NBA is useless because the season is useless because we all know the Warriors are going to win. Uh, is there a chance, the, like what we're oh, seeing uh, right now, are the cracks in what could be a a surprise when we get to May and June that yeah, the Warriors yeah. don't win at all, aren't there? Yeah, no, there's no guarantee that the Warriors are winning a championship. Um, mm. I mean, what people are forgetting is that, look, the Warriors aren't playing good basketball right now. Steph Curry's not there. So That's a big, big deal. It's a big deal. Um, and the Warriors rarely play big good basketball when Steph Curry's not there. Um and Steph Curry is a fragile human being that gets hurt a lot and might not be there in June for all we know. But you never know. Um look, if Steph Curry's there, it it's gonna be tough to beat this team. But this was a bad situation. Um I I don't know if they're gonna be able to get they're going to get over it in the short term. I don't know if long term, meaning by the time we get to June, this won't still be a lingering issue. Yeah. I don't know if that will be the case or not. But there are things that can take this team down. Injuries, um, the number one thing. Uh, it, we forget, this is a team that's still trying to work in – that will at some point still be trying to work in DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Who, so I totally forgot about him. Yeah, I mean – like, Steph Curry not being there, and you watch this Warriors team now, they look, like, barren. They look like a skeleton with, like, it's just Durant, no Draymond Green, because he's hurt. It's just Durant, Clay Thompson, and, like, you know, the shell of Igodala and a, and a bunch of D-leaguers. And a lot of that's because they have DeMarcus Cousins, who's hurt. And so they couldn't bring back certain guys, certain guys left. And now they're trying to fill that void of, of Boogie not being there with D-leaguers. Right. Will that be the case in June? You would hope not. But what will Demarcus Cousins look like by then? I don't know. So there's a lot of co- there's a lot of factors that go into whether or not this team will be good, and then well, I mean they'll be good, but whether or not they'll be a surefire championship team. And then you have to look at the teams they will be facing. How will Houston look by then? How will the Lakers look by then? How will Denver look? And then how will teams like Boston, Toronto, and Philly look? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I've, I've always, me and Jay fight about it. I mean, I'm always like, look, as a guy who rooted for Dirk Nowitzki, the Dallas Mavericks, who saw them out of, no, out of nowhere, win an NBA championship. Saw the Pistons out of Detroit, nowhere, win an NBA championship. Yes, 90% of the time, best team wins. Best team on paper, for the most part, the team that looks the part in the NBA seven-game series is hard to overcome that you don't see that kind of those kind of upsets but there are years injuries personal strife team quits you never know what may happen orlando beating in chicago with jordan yeah 45 yeah you never you just never know what may happen in a series which is why you gotta let the things play out it was why yes i had the warriors winning it all before the season but i can't say for sure that there's no kind of chance any team can come back because injuries and things that can happen couple of things I picked up from all this debacle. One, we've learned, I think, in this situation, why Curry is really the more indispensable player on that team than Durant. Yeah. And we, partly we know that because we've seen them without Durant. They've won the championship two years in a row, won one. But I think, I think Curry's temperament as a leader also makes more sense for the guys they have than... Durant if Curry's not there. That's what I'm saying, man. Durant would, would is a lot more out? of a confrontational dude. <laughs> would he have cursed out Dream Hungry? No. He's a he lot You might have been upset. Durant's a more confrontational dude. I think Durant's a dude that takes I think in order to make him comfortable in terms of him being able to be effective, it takes you like sacrificing more, calling more plays for him, doing more things from where it's Curry, he's the point guard already. And he's willing to go off the ball if he has to to get his shots. But he's also a very willing passer. Not to say that Durant isn't. But clearly they all have had to work to appease Durant. I feel like Curry just is. I feel like his game hasn't changed since Durant got there. And I think his temperament with someone like Draymond makes more sense. with Draymond, Kerr, just the whole team. How they're all set up. That he is is the real MVP. (laughs) No pun intended, of course. With uh, Durant, Durant may be the better player. We can argue that, have that discussion. And I, I'm not saying someone's wrong for saying that. But I think for this team, he is the most important player. I also, am I going to ask the same question? I feel like I, I've asked Kendall. Maybe, it seems like it's a quarterly question now. I'm going to ask it again. Are we sure Kevin Durant's okay? Oh, man. Going back to the... Man, I've said this about the three two or three times. Kendall. We had this dude being heckled by fans calling him Cupcake. Going over to them, walking literally up to the stands while they losing to the Dow- The lowly Dallas Mavericks getting schooled by a rookie. Luka Doncic, my boy. I love Luka. You love Luka, but getting schooled by a rookie. Going up to the fan, He's the one worried about going up to the fans in the front row, leaning in saying, sit, the, sit, sit down and, and shut the F up. Watch the game and shut the F up. He's worried more about people calling him Cupcake in the stands than what's happening in the game. We know his social media activity. We know how sensitive this dude is. I'm going to ask the question again because I don't want, there's a tendency, (laughs) I don't know, especially with the, I'm not trying to say this dude has any mental illness or anything like that, but especially what we've heard now from, like, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, they're just like, I don't want to have the normal sports take impetus to be like, he's soft, he doesn't know anything. Like, Kevin Durant, to me, has obviously changed. And you see he also uh, liked the comment that said Draymond is getting traded because if, if, is healthy. I've, I'm saying it now. I'm watching. I'm looking at it on your, on your Instagram. I'm going to ask. And now, look, maybe I'm not saying maybe Kevin Durant is just kind of a surly dude. He could be a nice person, a good person in the community and all those things. But maybe he just as a teammate, as a dude, maybe he's just like not like the warmest dude. And there are guys like that. There are athletes like that. You know, Jim Rice was like that, and maybe the guy, he says the guy he was before was a fraud, so maybe this is who he really is, but I don't know. I I, I look at his, the way he's moved, and I, I do start to wonder, okay, is something more wrong with this dude? As I look at my New York Knicks flag hanging in my basement as I do this show, I'm not going to say I don't want him on the Knicks, but you can't take fans from the opposite team calling you a cupcake. You got to walk up to them and confront them personally, you're not built for New York. And Nick fans, we got we to gotta start keeping it 100 with this. I, I look, I'm, we all want him here. I want him here. I'm not saying we shouldn't not recruit him. But you are either putting blinders on or you're lying to yourself. If you don't think how he handles the media, he's telling reporters, don't ask me that question again. Like he's going to fight somebody in a freaking press scrum. If they ask me a question about Draymond Green, <laughs> you trying to tell me that that doesn't concern you coming to New York City? Well, we talk about we want guys with heart, guys that aren't scared, guys that can take the pressure, guys that can take the heat. Say what you want about Carmelo Anthony. He wouldn't pull none of this garbage. No. He let it. He was just he was absorbed. He was a professional. And anybody who roots for the Knicks, you could at least say that about Carmelo Anthony. Whether you liked him or did not, the guy Treated himself like a professional. He treated other people like a professional. That's why so many people like him. That's why I think all these people, honestly, have been kind of caping for him. Despite his issues he's going through. But New Yorkers, if you're not worried at all about Kevin Durant wilding out for the last two years. And thinking that it's going to be totally fine when he comes to New York. You're, you're just completely, your head is in the sand. Or you're lying. or you're, you're literally lying to yourself. And like, you know what? We've lost so much. We've seen so much. thing. Maybe we don't care. And maybe that's fine. Again, I'm not this is not a rant to say I don't want Kevin Durant here, he shouldn't come here. I'm sure if Kevin Durant sees this podcast, he'll probably tell me I'm a podcaster with, you know, five followers get off the Burr. internet. But that's the point. That's the point. So if you look closely, you'll see one of Kevin Durant's comments uh on our new generation <laughs> media. <laughs> yes, please. to get all the followers we can. I guarantee you Kevin Durant will comment on this podcast, yeah. therefore you guys should keep listening. But Look, I, I'm just saying, man, I, I, I do sincerely hope that somebody, some old head can kind of sit him down and be like, you're winning championships, you're a great player, you're on your way to the Hall of Fame, you're going to be one of the greatest players of all time, one of the greatest small forwards of all time. But to sit him down and say, yo, dude, like, just kind of think about how you're moving and just kind of chill. Because you don't want, at the end of the day, this to be your, your legacy. You don't want f- cursing out fans, get getting into it with other players, you know, bashing other teams. You don't want that to be, you you don't want that to be your thing, you know. I kind of appreciate the honesty. We always talk about guys being fake. I think Kevin Durant is trying to be. I think he's being as real. I don't think it's a fact what he's doing, but I'm I mean, I, I'm a little concerned because I'm like this is not the person anyone has ever said he's been his entire life. In fact, the people who Still support him. We'll talk about how nice a guy he is. So my thing is, this is very weird how he's acting. And to, and we can't just be in the sports, the sports hot take moment of just being, this guy sucks, this guy's stupid, this guy is soft. We got to think more beyond the surface. I'm trying to do that myself. So I'm going to keep asking the question. It's rhetorical, but it really kind of isn't. I'm hoping Kevin Durant is okay. Because for a dude that has two championship rings, is as great as he is he's salty way too many he's he's way too salty there's no reason for him to be like that you see how lebron is lebron is as comfortable as he, i've ever seen him in his career and it's because of he knows what he has accomplished and then what the goal is at stake i think he has a very he's, think he's very clear-headed i see durant i see something totally different and maybe this is durant in this side you could already lebron was kind of like this not this, not to this bad. I mean, no, no, LeBron no. was never this bad, no, no. but he he was a little more when he was the got to, first got to Miami. He was a little more standoffish, a little more defensive. Maybe this is Durant in that mode, and maybe he'll get to where LeBron is. But he need. I, I really hope he can get it together because I. the. To me, the thing with the reporter and the thing with the fans, those were ugly episodes that did not make him look good. Him talking about you, a grown man, stop heckling. They're a fan for the other team. They're gonna heckle you. Get over it every like, right. player. Every player gets, every player gets heckled. The no, you're the only. You're the only one cursing people out, saying that it's an issue. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just. I, I really. Again, I, I'm gonna ask the question: Is Kevin Durant okay? And I'm just gonna leave it at that. I do want to move on and talk about another team that certainly is not okay. And that's the uh, the Washington Wizards. Kendall, the Wizards. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. I said that they should not hit the panic button right now. I'm saying they should hit every panic button they have, every warning, every SOS, every every possible alert they can get out there to fix their situation because things have not gotten any better. They seem to be getting maybe even worse than what they were, even though they were giving up like 130 points last time we spoke they about them. They got a thing. win last night, but they were down by like 25 points and had to fight every fiber of their body to get that W. They This is a team, they're playing as a team flying cross country. Yeah, but not a whole lot of talent. Yeah, and, and some people have played great, played but then the Wizards have more talent. They're not players. world beaters. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of reports starting with John Wall. Unnamed sources saying this dude is the issue. He let you know he runs over Scott Brooks. He's tough to deal with. He's tough to manage. There was one and, room, and he's and he's and he's really just a guy that's not unpleasant to be around. Conflicting reports that one saying that he cursed Scott Brooks out. Totally said F you to Scott Brooks after Scott Brooks and Jeff Green asked for more intensity from the team on yeah. the defensive end. And the other report, uh, that one came from Woj. The other one comes from Candace Buckner, who's a beat writer for the team, uh, said that he got into it with Jeff Green. He got into a scuffle with Jeff Green, and then Scott Brooks tried to intervene, and then John walks to F you. So the second one sounds a little bit better than the first one. <laughs> Anytime you tell an F you to your head coach, <laughs> it's a very bad look, no matter what the circumstances but are. But at least it's, like, more in the heat of the moment kind of. If Scott Brooks is saying we need more intensity on defense, and John Wall say F you, I'd be like, yo, that's, that's not a coachable player. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, I mean, but hey, but like even, 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 even Big Cousins was like, yo, John Wall, you got to chill. Yeah, you got to chill. I, I wouldn't even do that, you know. Um, <laughs> so so <laughs> there's reports with that. And then I said the unnamed player basically saying John Wall has been a problem. Uh, the players love playing for Scott Brooks, but that John Wall makes it impossible to play for him because he runs him over basically. Uh, then, then you include that report from Shams about this altercation you had with Scott Brooks recently. These reports now about them, the War Wizards, not looking at possibly trading someone like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Apparently, at one of these spirited practices recently, Bradley Beard was very upset, Not basically saying that he had been dealing with this same nonsense with this team for seven years. This, this I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen, a, I mean, it's happened recently, but I can't think of that time, when it's, like, a team is just very, like, publicly, obviously, just, like, falling apart. So I, I don't know how, like, any of these guys are still on the roster at this point. I can't remember a time in which, like, it was, like, I mean, maybe it was just three weeks ago, the Timberwolves, but. I don't know, right? NBA, maybe, I, maybe I can remember. It's like that 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 meme of like day, zero days since the NBA has been unnecessarily dramatic. It's, it's, it's always something new. But regardless, um, I can't remember a time in which a team was more obviously going to implode, <laughs> and they do obviously implode, probably worse than we thought they would. But I mean, before the season, literally the entire running joke all off season was. You really think this Washington Withers team getting rid of Gore Todd and adding Dwight Howard and adding Jeff Green and Austin Rivers was going to cure their problems, their locker room ailments? Yeah, clearly and they were not. They it's only not. gotten worse, yeah. as most people expected. Um, surprisingly, Dwight Howard hasn't been really involved in any of this. It's been mostly uh, John Wall uh, mixed in with a little bit of Jeff Green involved, and a little Austin Rivers heat, um, no, but this Washington team, in terms of hitting the panic button, I mean, sure, you gotta blow this team up, um, I don't know what you can even get for these guys at this point, because John Wall is a player that is aging, he's not old, but he's not, also not young, he has an injury history, he's Got a very long term deal. I think you can get something for John Wall. I just don't know if you're gonna get what you're not gonna get equitable value back for John Wall. The guy you can really get something back for is Bradley Beal. Yeah, he will. He, he's gonna command a lot. In but like, you don't want to trade Bradley Beal. No, he's 25 years old. Twenty five point scorer when he's healthy. That's not a guy you want to trade. I mean, is there an avenue, Kendall, where they can just trade Wall and the rest of these losers and, and build build around. around Beal? I mean, there is, but. That's... Half measures? Well, it's 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 ha- Not only it, it's just hard, because how are you going to trade Wall and get anything back that Bill's going to be like, oh, that's dope? Right. Bill's going to be like, you just traded John Wall for, like, Alfred Payton? Right. Or, you know, like, what team... The problem with John Wall, which is kind of the theme around the NBA in 2018, is 95% of the league has a point guard, and John Wall is only a point guard. So... There's like only five or six teams that can even trade for John Wall that would make any sense unless you're doing a point guard for point guard. Team. Right, which is which is also you're not gonna get equitable about. value because you're gonna get a worse point guard back more than likely. I mean, you're gonna trade to Miami for Gordon Dragic. I mean, is that equitable value? Probably not. But the question is like those five teams. I mean, what well, Phoenix needs a point guard, and I don't know what you're getting back from Phoenix. But Phoenix needs a point guard. Uh You make the case New Orleans could use a point guard. Um, Orlando obviously needs a point guard. The Knicks need a point guard. guard. That's about it. I mean, there are probably two or three more teams. But there are a lot of teams where they have point guards. that John Wall is much better than now. Right. I mean, I think Milwaukee could upgrade. He's better than anyone Brooklyn's got. Yeah. John Wall is better than D'Angelo Russell. Well, he's better than D'Angelo Russell, but, like, if you're Brooklyn... Do you it, feel like... Right, is, he, is it, like, whatever you'd give up... Is it worth... Is it worth... The upgrade. Yeah, because is John Wall really going to change life for you? And it's the same thing with the Knicks, same thing with some of those teams you just named. And those teams that you just named... Like, Phoenix, like, desperately, like... The they don't, they has have nothing, a nothing to offer. Yeah. Because they're, they're, like, they're not giving up Booker or, or Aiden. Everyone else is a bust. Yeah, you so know? there's nothing I mean, on that team. It would have to be Bridges and Josh Jackson. Which is, I mean, it's a decent haul. But, like... If you're watching, I mean, now you're saying we got, we're blowing it up. A I guess it's decent. I mean, now we get two more average wings two, to add to our two, list of average wings. Year two, Josh Jackson has not been impressive. Oh, he's been so, awful. I don't, I don't know if I can say that's a decent haul. I think that's a terrible haul. i got even give you a multiple-time I mean, multiple, multiple all-star point guard. Well, I got one guy who looks like a bust in year two, not giving up on Josh Jackson, being clear, just saying that's what he looks like when yeah. he's playing. He's someone, still very young, so like you can't just give up on these guys anymore. But someone did a redraft of that draft, and he wasn't in the, the top fifteen. He he shouldn't be. Like yeah, it was sad. He shouldn't no, be. Like, he, 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 he he's he's got some problems. I I don't. Where did I rank him? I ranked him four, third amongst them small forwards. I, I feel good about that. When we yeah, did, our did our that in third Yeah, yeah. And not that Isaac has lit the world on fire, but he's six <laughs> eleven. Right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give him a chance to, to develop. Uh, Josh Jackson thing. He's older than he's older than all these guys. Yeah, He's, he, yeah, he was, he's a year older than people think because he, he he wasn't. He, he was came, in as, came in as came as a 19 year old, 20 year old uh, freshman. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I just I, I think the Wizards situation is Honestly, not terrible. Obviously, uh, if I'm Washington, I'm trading Beal. I think I am too. I just I think but, but I think out. we both agree that he's so good and like he, he seems like a good guy to have in your franchise. He seems like a good guy, he seems like a good leader. We know and he I can think he has another we know gear. he can hoop. Yeah. You know, so it's like the fact that you can have a guy that good and you're trading him is like well, how did you not make this work? Right. But but I agree. I think they're I think they're at the point of no return where it's just like I don't see a avenue where they work this thing out. So, you know, keeping him, getting rid of the other guys, how does that make your team that much better? Because there's like you're only taking a step back, just to take a step back. While there's only like ten teams that would make room for John Wall, there's all thirty teams would find a way to make room for Bradley. Yeah, Bill. Bradley Beal is on the on the table. People, everyone's calling to see what would they need to get him. So, I mean, if I'm Boston, I I would look at Bradley Beal. I don't know. I was honestly, I'll do the trade. I'll do yeah. the trade machine today. I was like, <laughs> "How can we get Bradley Beal?" Oh yeah, I would definitely look to get Bradley Beal as boss. I, I it's think tough sledding. I, I tried to do Jalen Brown and Rozier salaries. Obviously, did not match. Yeah, you got to throw in Hayward. It's the only way. Hayward, man. The thing we learned from Boston situation and from Wizards situation is Boston. I'm a little surprised. Not not super surprised, but surprised. I'm saying this about them only because they they are how they are. Sometimes, man, you gotta be proactively aggressive. And fixing issues that are arising. Um, <laughs> I know you're saying like 88. I know this Mister, dude. I trade Isaiah Thomas. Will, will five months before any, people do what would, he was done. This dude will trade his mother <laughs> if it meant he was getting if it nah, meant if it meant he was getting the assets <laughs> that set him up better in the future. So I get that, but I said all summer Gordon Hayward needs to be off the team. He's the guy. Look, look I'm it, not man. saying I, PR. He would should not have let been traded. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> now you're nine and nine. No, whatever your record is, so this is not your record because you You're didn't right. trade him. Should have traded Gordon Hayward with Washington. You saw how that joint ended last year. Like, there's no excuse for you to come in the season with this roster. Right. No excuse. like Adam Porter shouldn't been on the team. Like, there's no like that's why if I can't control feel that sympathetic for like Ernie Grunfield and like that roster because well, like Ernie Grunfield still got a job. I don't. I don't know. He's I been don't. there. I believe since Jordan left. Yeah. He's been there since Jordan left which was what 15 years ago. And from what I've heard, they haven't won 50 games since he's been there. <laughs> what GM can go 15 years without a 50 win season? He's, he's like he's like low key the Marvin Lewis of the yeah, NBA, he really is of the NBA. At least he won one playoff series, but after that, or two playoff series maybe. Guy, but he's kind of like he's kind of like the Marvin Lewis of of, of GM, So I don't know how he's still <laughs> like your team is routinely like r- routinely mediocre every year, and like they're routinely. Like, the most chaotic franchise, the most chaotic locker room. Yeah, I mean, you would think, I mean, the Washington Wizards were also the same team, the same franchise that had two teammates trying to shoot each other up. And that was, like, a totally different core. (laughs) I know. None of the the same players were on that team, but it wasn't that long ago. So, I don't know. This is, this franchise is a complete mess. Um, Scott Brooks won't have a job very soon. Uh, One of Bradley Beal and John will be gone. Otto Porter will likely be gone. Um, I my guess is how with how this plays out, I think John Wall ends up a Laker. I think Brandon, this season, yeah, I think Brandon Ingram and/or Ball end up a Wizard. I'm trying to think of what that, what I think that means for the Lakers. I think Rich, I think Rich Paul and LeBron, they uh, they they give John Wall a get out of jail free card. I tell you what, man, I don't know. Cause <laughs> John That's, Wall needs to get out of Washington. He definitely needs to get out of Washington, but. That's a be careful what you wish for, LeBron. Similar to J.R. Swift thing. J.R. Smith got him a ring, so I think he could live with. Well, yeah. I mean, John won't man had to do whatever him. he did in Game One. But I think in terms of like, okay, well, are you also give up these young, you're gonna give up the, young, the, you gonna the, give these young lions. So for, be careful what you wish for with J.R. with uh, giving him that contract. Is he didn't oh, okay, have to get him that. He signed up. Well, I, LeBron knew he was getting out of there, so he was only going to. have to <laughs> –
1: He only was only one year paid. He did that. In, he did that perfectly. <laughs> Let me one, screw screwed dang over some more. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's only one it's only one year of uh, of agitation before he had to really get out of there. Um yeah, I say that only because I thought I think Kyrie Kyrie's a little bit of a character, but I think Kyrie was way more receptive and uh like receptive and like way more engaged on the court playing with someone like LeBron James. Like what that entails, what that means. I don't know if John Wall has that. I don't think John Wall has that mentality. I think I think I think LeBron James would find himself getting very new with John Wall very fast. John Wall not just not playing. Like, Kyrie has a is a higher IQ. Um he's a more clutch player. Uh and I think he's I think he's emotionally more mature, way more mature than John Wall is. I think John Wall And I don't want to him to sound like LeBron. Colin Coward I, I don't hate John Wall. I think John Wall looks up to LeBron though. He, he does, can, he but I, but I think that's different when it's your teammate. That's true. And we've seen that happen a lot, too. Guys are friends, and so they got to play with each other, and they're running each other for 82 games, and that joint dissolves very quickly. I think I would be very worried about, like, because LeBron rides on his teammates, man. Like, I think he treats them like brothers and family, but he also rides them hard. John Wall's telling his coach, F you. <laughs> like, Kyrie would never do something like that. Like, Kyrie is, like, more emotionally... Stable, are student of the game. I, yeah, I just think that... I just think... I don't... I think him and LeBron are a lot more similar than they think, which is maybe why they actually end up clashing and not working out in the end. But, I, I mean, I think, to me, Wall and James are like... That's like oil and water to me, first personality-wise. Right.
1: You Beal know, is honestly a good
0: fit with LeBron. Bill would be a great... Bill's is great for everybody. Everyone... No way... Nobody dislikes Beal. The only I mean, thing about Bradley like, is just injuries. If he was... If I, if I knew he was healthy, he'd be a top 10, 15 asset in the league. But Yeah. I'd just be worried. Bradley Bill is like, he's like the logic of, of the NBA. Like, no one in the NBA disliked Bradley Bill. Like, he's, he's no one that disliked about him. He's a good guy. He works hard. He's talented. Like, you know, like, it's like logic is the same way in, in hip hop. Everyone, no one disliked logic inside hip hop. Fan, there are fans and media people who diss him, but like, I mean, Beal, he's consistent. He's solid. Like, there's nothing bad you can say about him. So, I don't know. This was a situation, man. I, I It befuddles me that Andrew Grunfeld came into the season with that roster and thought that they were going to win. Like, to me, I, honestly, that's where the owner, I think, has to step in and be like, <laughs> no, no, we ain't doing this. You, you, exactly. You're gone. And the fact that he let them get to this point uh, says a lot, I think, about where they're headed. But from one chaotic situation to another, because we're just having fun with like NBA chaos today. Uh, the Sixers situation is becoming a lot m- more uh, turbulent with Markel Fultz. He now has this mysterious shoulder specialist appointment that he's having next week. Yeah, uh, He's got a wrist problem as well. Yeah, Then now source reporting saying that he has some issues with his wrist as well as whatever the issue is with his shoulder, which we don't even know. We don't even know if he's even injured. Last he's week just seeing he, said a, he was fine. He's just seeing a specialist. Ellen Brand said we knew nothing about him seeing a specialist, we knew nothing about an injury. Ellen Brand went as far as to say he was like, well, I don't know why he's coming back next week. He was like he's <laughs> like I talked to his agent. I was like, Why why does he have, why does it have to be next week? Why we got games this week. <laughs> you know, basically like, Why is he taking a week off? Why couldn't we get this appointment moved up to like tomorrow? And apparently his agent was like they, they can't see him earlier than next week. So, I'm like, all right. Yeah, and what, why he can't play in the meantime. Yeah, because he's been playing. Right. He said he was fine. So, yeah. I, I mean. The miscommunication is very alarming if you're a Sixers fan and you like Markel Fultz. Cause... If you're watching Markel Fultz shoot, uh, I feel bad for you because <laughs> it's a sad sight. Sad, I feel bad man. for Markel. And I, I don't want to joke too much because actually it's kind of a sad situation because. Yeah, man. I, you, I, you know how high I was on Markel coming out of, I was few coming out of college. You got the YouTube video. You were high in my high school. <laughs> the receipts are him. out there. Yeah, I mean, this kid was a dynamic talent. I don't want to say he was because now it sounds like it's over for No, oh, no, he was a dynamic talent. <laughs> he was. I don't know what he is now. now <laughs> he was a dynamic talent. and I <laughs> should be laughing. I know, you're laughing. I'm trying not to laugh. It's, it's, it is a sad situation. But... I mean, he he has struggled mightily finding a way to like simply shoot the basketball. I've never seen this before. Drew Hanlon, his relationship broken up. Yeah, they they're Drew they're, not, they're beefing. Did you did you see? I I read an excerpt from the athletic article today about the whole Drew Hanlon situation, Drew Hanlon situation, and apparently it fell apart after the first game of the season. Drew Hanlon was there. This was against the Celtics. Drew Hanlon's there. Fultz's mom is there. Fultz hits a jump shot, but then like the rest of the game shoots one for six. And Fultz, Fultz's mom basically like, I don't know, she curses him out or basically goes up to him and like is like yelling at him, saying, you know, the results aren't there. You know what's going on? Like you worked with him all season, he still can't shoot. And Drew Hanlon, you know, I don't know if he put his head down and walked away or whatever, but since then they haven't been working together. And one thing: when the mom yells at you, you just say "Yes, ma'am." Yeah, <laughs> to all to all people out there. They, if mom is not happy. You do not challenge mom. They they asked him the the article the the writer that wrote the article asked him what happened with that situation. He said legally, I'm not allowed to comment on my time with Markel or anything that happened during that time period. Which I'm like, Even well, that's clearly we've seen. Well, I mean, that may sound bizarre, but like. Clearly we've seen his lawyers are not afraid to throw that weight around. Oh yeah. They're doing agent, it with the team yeah, yeah. now. So he may have literally signed something with them. This has been a bizarre I mean, Raymond Brothers, very respected agent out there, uh, very close with the Nick organization. That's why they took Mitchell Robinson. But you know, Raymond hey, Brothers happy. Raymond Brothers is good with me. <laughs> yeah, oh <no>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why he's a Philly, but we got Mitchell Robinson, he's he's good in my book. You know, but Raymond Brothers is a good brother. <laughs> I, he's he's handled this full situation very oddly since last year. We uh, yeah, his management team, his advisors, his agent—they've all kind of been under the microscope. And they've just been very quiet, or they—they've been very vague about what's problem. But like they don't want to admit what the problem I'm actually, what is. I'm gonna give them out here and say this is an unprecedented situation. I'm not gonna like they don't have a playbook. I'm not <laughs> gonna jump to judgment on how they handle any of this stuff, because. I, no one's ever seen this before. They've never seen this before. I'm sure they will all be out of jobs very soon. Yeah, this is, gonna, <laughs> this, is, this, this, this is how this all ends. This they, is one of those situations of where this. like he's going to switch agents. Right. They're all going to be out that. of jobs very soon with this client. Um, And I'm, I don't know if they're mishandling him, but I just know that handling him is not going to be very easy with what he's dealing with. There's the reports now that, that his team and him have expressed interest and getting out of Philadelphia, that that was how I fix the situation. I don't know what that means. Then the agent came out today. Brothers came out and said we have not had any conversation with Elton Brand, saying that we want to be traded, which is not what's being reported. There was also he's not like that. To me, that tells me, oh yeah, so you guys were talking about being traded because they didn't say he's expressed interest in being traded to 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 the management. He just said that in the camp internally they've had conversations. So to him, to not answer the question. Or answer the report and say something totally different tells me that's very true. Mark Dell is thinking about wanting to leave Philly, which he has no. There's nothing he can do. He has no leverage. He's a rookie. He's on a rookie scale contract, and he's the number one. This is him. This is him flexing his. He has no. He has no. He has no trade value. Yeah. There's also uh, the rumor that he, and this is very much unsubstantiated. His agent denied that this happened, but. There was a rumor that he, before his rookie year, he had gotten into a motorcycle accident and injured his shoulder somehow and that he's still feeling the the problems with that injury. Um, for a while, I, was, I thought that that made plenty of sense. And again, his agent this week, or I believe today, came out and said that's not true, that there was no motorcycle accident. But um, if you just think about the timeline of like if he got hurt before after the summer league when he looked fairly good, and then injured his shoulder before training camp, and then came to training camp with a broken jump shot, but they can't tell you why he got hurt or how he got hurt. That would make sense, but regardless, um, I don't know what the pro- I don't know what the problem is. This, the article today in the Athletic that kind of detailed all this stuff, basically went into detail on how like his shoulder. The injury has is, is come from, like, it started when he was trying to, in the pre-draft process, started like, shot, right? trying to, like, get range on his shot. Yeah. And because he's trying to get range on his shot, he, I guess, put more pressure on his shoulder and injured it. My thing is, like, every college player in the pre-draft process is trying to add range on their shot. <laughs> yeah. They're not, you know. Yeah, there's video of Willie Collie stein launching three. Yeah, this, he wasn't doing that in college. Situation, yeah. So I mean I don't know I don't they don't get nerve damage in their shoulder <laughs> shooting jump shots but regardless that's the that's the story they're going with and they go into detail about oh yeah the Celtics you know kind of the story I've always told about he came into his workout and looked whack the Celtics like you know we we want Tatum instead um, but nah this is a this is a bad situation he's yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can go on for hours about how uh, he's going to be a bust, and some people are already. I don't going want to. to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't. We really don't want to. I don't want to, man. Because the guy was really, like, he was again a special talent, and and uh, really, like, he's not that different than he was. He just doesn't have this. Yeah, talent. I mean, but like, you still see a lot. Flash. It's like, but it's like a guy playing with like one arm. Right. Like, is like the guy is fast and good, but like he can't shoot outside. Five feet, like you can only be, with so good. There's but, a lot of, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of guys out playing, you know, at the pickup game or at Rucker that are really good, but can't shoot outside ten feet. That's I why mean, they're look, not playing. The this NBA. goes back to what I was saying in the off season, what I was saying last week, where I was like, the Sixers made a mistake holding on to Markel Fultz. You have, you have. I understand they don't want the whole "what if" if he looks great on another team. But at the end but of the day. do you think right now you'd rather have Sargent. One of them guys, Sargent, Cup? Well, I'd rather have one of those guys. I mean, like I said, you probably could have got a star player for Marco Foles' offseason. Yeah. You, you got Jimmy Butler, so you don't need that guy. But in reality, Marco Foles can't play over TJ McConnell right now. He shouldn't have been playing over TJ McConnell day one. Right. Exactly. But they, they tried to force feed him out there. He's not a better player than TJ McConnell right now. And. At this point, his value is so low, you're never gonna get. No, oh, no, the no, value you are gonna get. From yeah, him whatever the they what they traded for him, they never gonna get that back. And what they could have got for him this offseason. season, um, this is slowly but surely becoming the exact same thing that happened with Julio Okafor. where. The difference is that Oak four was, a, like, very good is, as a rookie. Is this where, I don't I don't know if this would have been different if Calangelo was running the show, but is this where them not having a GM for those months probably is the reason why they are where they are? Like, does, like, like, Brand, as soon as he got the job, made the aggressive move to trade with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. They did nothing. With they that. had, they basically were just, like, they were auto-GMing like on 2K. Right. They weren't they, like they were just simulating through the whole season, simulating through the regular season. Like I kind of wonder if th- like they had a head guy in charge confident in making the decisions, would they have been more aggressive with a, with doing something with Markel? I don't know. It is, it doesn't seem like I mean it doesn't seem like now the well now they can't trade him, but it doesn't seem it didn't seem like the the philosophy was we need to maybe see what we can get for him. That never seemed to be the philosophy or what they were looking at in terms of trading for guys when a Leonard was up up for bargain or guys, you know, what for a trade, for, for, for in the trade discussions. Um, it never seemed like they ever got to that point. So maybe, like, maybe this would have never got there. Maybe Clangel never had his wife or whoever was using those burner accounts. Maybe we would still be in a situation where we are. But I do wonder, considering we saw them make aggressive action as soon as they got a GM, what, not having a GM meant for this situation. How do you think this ends? He's not gonna be on the Sixers. How long do you think it takes for him then? Do you think he'll be traded this offseason? No, it won't be by the deadline. I think by the deadline he's on the team. I don't think he plays for the rest of this year. I think this is the last we've seen of him. You think he's gonna get on the court? I think there's a very good chance it's not. That would be tragic, man. I don't I they just sat he's him not, out for no reason. Broken. I'm telling you man no. the, the 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 lawyers and his team are already throwing a weight around about this injury, shoulder injury. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that they're going to try to finagle the way to him not playing and figuring out the shot thing until you, next year. Do you think it's a mental thing more than a more than a I physical don't even thing? know, man? Or is that I, too speculative? I, I I to me I I think there's is something physically wrong that they're not I think there's something physically wrong that probably he can't get over, but that other players maybe have, and it's it's tough because injuries are just so weird. Guys will tell you all the time you'll get a surgery, you'll get an injury, and like nothing, it's not really ever the same, but you're still able to function. I kind of wonder if he had whatever he dealt with that, but it, maybe it was minor, but maybe it was an injury that just it didn't heal correctly, or it just there's a mental block there that doesn't allow him to kind of function the way he used to. And then that's it, you know. It's uh, it's hard it, to I, really explain. But but I want. I think it could be something. I think there's something is. I think there is some. There was something physical that has caused this. I don't know if it was a motorcycle. I don't know if it was him not shoot, shooting too much. I don't know what happened. And I think something stemming from that is still why he is how he is. And I I don't know if that's that combined with. I think there is some kind of mental hurdle. I don't know that ain't gonna fix this year. So and to me, you can't play him out there the way he's playing. Like he's not, he's not a good player with how he is currently is. Yeah. that's part of the reason why I don't think he's gonna play. Cause it's like, put him out there for what? This team is trying. Why to win would you? Yeah, they're trying to win a championship. How does he help them? Yeah, he doesn't help them at all. <laughs> that's what I've been saying for a calendar year. Well, I, y'all didn't believe me. No, but the, our, our say, hey, hope, yo, but he was the number one pick. Do a fan. Man, The hope was that, that he, the hope was that he would get over it, and that you can't waste value on a number one pick. We see now they've That's, wasted his value. That's 100% what they <laughs> by holding on to him. All right. They're wasted. They could have gotten 50 cents and now they're going to get 5 cents for the guy. I like, look, you may be right about this. And maybe we maybe you would have been more aggressive and got did the right thing. I think that for you it would have been like jumping the shark. Like, yeah, you would have been right, right, but it would have been like like you guessed that he wasn't going to get better and you were right. And like that 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 makes a good GM. Like you would have been right in that case. I but mean like, that that I feel like me. what the Sixers are doing did wasn't wrong. It's just it was conventional. It just didn't. It doesn't appear like it's working out. They trusted that whatever was wrong with him was gonna be fixed. Uh, they thought that he could fix his shot. I knew. I I was pretty sure it was a mental issue. I'm actually less confident than I was before that. Like remember last year, I was all mental. He's got the yips, you know. Yeah. I feel less confident in that because I feel like. Either he's got the yips in in a way in which, like, they'll never get fixed or it's a physical issue. I think it's a physical issue. Um, And I don't know if it's a physical issue that can be fixed. I don't know if he needs surgery. I don't know what it is. But what I will say is, like, the reason I was so confident that it wasn't going to get fixed or that they should have traded him because I thought it was a mental issue. And I thought this isn't going to get fixed anytime soon, so you got to trade this guy. Um, Real quickly on Monday Night Football, Kendall. We got to see a classic in the Los Angeles Coliseum between the Chiefs and the Rams. Rams winning 54-51 over the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, six touchdowns, over oh, 400 yards. Jared Goff, 400 yards. Uh, the scoring, the excitement, the, the splash plays, it was a special game. It's the highest scoring Monday Night Football game of all time. Kendall... Are these the two best teams in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a spectacular game. Um, it's funny, funny on uh, Around the Horn, There, the the headline for that game was, uh, good football, question mark? Yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about that. I'm glad you, you kind of went there. No, but that's kind of been the question that's been kind of thrown out there. I woke up on Mike and Mike, Trey Wingo, Shout out to Mike w- and, or w- not Mike, Mike and Wingo, guess, and Wingo yeah. whatever it's called. I just default call it it's, Mike and It Mike. is Mike and Mike. It's the same oh, but joke. But see, see, you know, but know what throws me off is that Mike Golik Jr. is there for the first hour. So right. I saw him. Right. So in my head, it was still Mike and Mike. Right. So that's probably why I got that mixed up. But I'm looking at I mean, Golik and Wingo, and and Trey is making the case that that was a terrible game. Really? He said, like, it wasn't. Oh, right, it wasn't right. well played. It was terrible defense. Like, this isn't – Really good football. I think it was Wingo. I thought it was Wingo. Maybe it was Gold Jr. But I, I thought it was Wingo. And I saw someone else on Twitter make that case too. It's like a, a Trent, Wink, Trent Delfer was on Twitter. Everybody kept calling him a Debbie Downer, but he was like, "This was not a well-played game." Really, quarterback Trent Delphir. I don't know you would think with the quarterback play he saw, I think you would think that, that was no, a, a phenomenal a game. Coach Jerry Goff in high school. Yeah, but he said that was a well. I was not a. There was a lot of mistakes on both sides. That was not a well-played game. That was like. A car crash of, that to me that football game was like a TLC match in wrestling, where it's like it's a lot of unbelievable spots. It's crazy, it's entertaining, but like was it like the technical no. storytelling match? And was this game that kind of game? It wasn't. But so I don't know what, what what was their point about that headline? No, I I wasn't watching. I just saw the headline and I was like, really? We're having that conversation? Yeah, no, that conversation is happening. Are you not having it? Nah, that was a that was a very good game. I agree. I we're think that people picky. are being. I think people are getting. And honestly, picky. like, if we're going to another avenue of whether or not, like, like, are we surprised that that was a very good football game? Because there I haven't will, been I'll, many like classic games in a long time. I went up on you on that. Are we surprised this goal fifty four fifty one? In what 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 regard? Did anyone think that game was going to be a low scoring right. slug it out? That game was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It just came a little bit more. Like, yeah. I thought the game, I thought one of them teams was going to score in the 40s. Yeah. So, okay, they scored in the 50s. Both of those teams were red hot. Like, I don't, like, I, I kind of didn't get the, but, again, it's like we talked about on New Generation, Hero Talk, where it's like, I think a lot of people, like, just like being contrarian. Yeah. The thing that everyone likes, I hated. it. I was like, oh, yeah, you watch that game and be like, this game is terrible. <laughs> yeah, guys, you know, and Buka is making one-handed interceptions. running it back, and yeah. like, I can't, this game is terrible. Like, what? Like, yeah. They're elite players on every level of the field. Um, Two of the best coaches in the league. But you do do think these are two best teams? You don't think the Saints are in that class? No, no. The Saints are in the conversation. Um, What about the Patriots? Are they in the conversation with these teams? The Patriots, I still think we're going to see the Patriots in mid-February. So you think the Patriots are coming out of the AFC? I I haven't moved up my prediction. They ain't beating the Chiefs in and Arrowhead, All they right. barely got past him in Foxborough. You trust Pat Mahomes? Or you trust Brady. They ain't beating this. You trust Andy Reid? you trust Belichick. They ain't beating All this right. team in Foxborough and, and right. Arrowhead. And look, I know in the past Arrowhead and home games in, for the Chiefs has not meant a damn thing in the playoffs. Right? It's a great home field advantage. It has not meant anything in the postseason. It didn't mean anything last year. Hasn't meant anything in the past. Next year, yeah, no, it's it's. This year, I'm sorry. It, it will technically yeah, will be yeah, next that's year. That's why meant like Flick uh, <laughs> slick. Uh, I know. Right? Slick commentary. Next let <laughs> you
1: No
0: know, playoff time this year. This season, no. They they ain't beating them, and they're not beating them. No way. They had problems with Aaron Rodgers on one knee. They they couldn't they couldn't stop this guy in Foxborough. This guy, Mahomes, is is a special player, man. You don't see guys that kind of arm talent come every couple years that kind of arm talent that kind of skill and that kind of knowledge of the game I and mean, the guy is just to me he's almost like a prodigy when i watch him play he's special but then like jared goff also man i, I felt like watching that game i was like "Yo, i'm watching these two guys are going to be the two elite quarterbacks for the next 10 years they're gonna be other guys in the mix yeah okay, the two elite i think that <laughs> like this is brady manning 2.0 of the guys that are in the league I think the only guys I'll be seeing them anytime soon is going to be uh, Wentz, maybe. Even Wentz looks shaky, man. That's why I say maybe, because I don't know what's him to come worst, back with the knee. Yeah, I think, the worst, he worst game of his career this week. He looked terrible this week. Now, to be fair, I think we do got to take into consideration. Usually it takes a year, really, before you leave. You got to gotta go to Fools. Yeah, they're, they're wild with that. No, you got to just, you gotta just, if you lose, don't make the playoffs, you'll make the playoffs. Damn. He's your young guy. You got to deal with it. Like it does annoy me when I see the Eagle fans they're like, oh, we won the Super Bowl, so I don't care. I'm like, All right, we're good for you, man. Yeah, that's not gonna last very long. Trust me, them people are not. You know, Philadelphia. They're not. They're, they're, they're they they wake up angry. Yeah. So so that ain't gonna last that long. Um, no, I mean like look, full, like I say Wentz because we know Wentz is capable of when healthy. And like typically with ACL injuries, you gotta give them a full year to kind of get comfortable, and then by the next year. They're fine. So I, me next year is when I, Wentz is still playing like this. Next year, then I'd be very concerned. But to me, the only guys I see them seeing them seeing these two dudes in the next after Brady and Rodgers are now on the decline. And Breeze, yeah, and Breeze. Maybe Wentz. Maybe Trubisky. Trubisky's nice. Yeah, no Trubisky with that coach. Trubisky needs to be in that discussion now. He's getting great coaching now. And Baker, Darnold. Baker and Darnold, I don't know. Yeah, it's too early. I, too I just saw a dude put up fifty points. I can't say for sure Darnold and, and Baker are gonna be in this class. Tua, <laughs> no stop, stop. Hey, look, man, stop. I'll take Tua over any of those Stop. stop. That'd be disrespectful. <laughs> Brand Tua, Tua. He ain't gonna have that Alabama offensive line in the NFL. He ain't gonna be playing against Georgia Southern in the NFL. Um. No, I mean, the, I, I mean, Luck is. Maybe luck. Is, luck he's a little older. Luck has but. been great this season. Yeah. These last four or five weeks, he's been yeah, on his game. Talk about shoulders. Man. See, Marco Fultz, Mr. <laughs> I got a shoulder problem. <laughs> well, no, nah, look, to be fair, Luck kind of had the same thing. L- I was like, yo, what's wrong <laughs> with him? Why true. is he healthy? Yeah, that's maybe that's maybe we need to get. Yeah, give him maybe, three years, and Fultz will <laughs> have a jump shot. His jump shot will be bad. Maybe, maybe he needs to go to Andrew Luck's shoulder special. I got him yeah. right. Dave Andrews. Yeah, we were waiting for. We were waiting for what's the name the throw last year and he just never came back. Yeah. So so no, nah, Andy Luck Andrew Luck might be in that class too. But not many guys. I, They're top not five. Not many guys. And the reason why I say that, I don't because one, the reason why I say Goff, because Goff is gonna be with McVay. And I think McVeigh is like I think he's like a special type of offensive guy. Like, yeah, he's he got that Q B whisperer. Yeah. And, whisperer. and I'm not saying that means that like Goff is not that good. I'm just saying like as long as he's with him, he's gonna be elite. And I say Mahomes because no one no one throws like that right. i I've, I've never seen a guy with that kind of arm strength accuracy combination. I've never seen it that can move like Rogers is close, but Roger and Rogers is more consistently accurate, but Rogers doesn't have the arm strength that this kid has. this no. dude can like just like on a just back shoulder throw any other way sling it 60 yards like effortlessly like this kid has on talent that we don't see every we we see every 15 20 years so you can mind that the talent with him and the coaching combination with Jake Goff. i think these are the two dudes but in terms of the teams i I think that the saints are still there but i I don't think that the patriots ain't seeing these teams they played them on the neutral site or or uh on the road they're getting rocked it's tough because the NFL is a one game, is a one game playoff. They can, yeah, I know, but they can, they can rock by the. Chiefs. If this was like a series, I'd be like, there's no way the the Patriots could beat the Chiefs, four, four times or even three times, uh, in a series. But it only takes one game in a one game playoff, one game elimination. I I trust, I still trust New England slightly more than I trust Kansas City, um, and I would also watch out for Chicago. If we're talking about the NFC, cause Chicago. Chicago defense—they look serious, man. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, you saw them. I mean, you as saw them an last NFC week. North fan. I'm like all the year. I've been kind of like Chicago. They haven't played nobody. They're a flute. Can't wait till we see those those guys. And I was very excited for this week's game, and they just completely engulfed us. Um, and Cleo Mack is, 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 is just is unbelievable. He's I can't I love Aaron Donald he's a pick guy but I just can't make the obvious claim that he's the best defense best player in the league or best defense player in the league with the way Khalil Max played this year um, he's in the conversation as well Bears are good they defend the Bears kind of, the Bears to me are what the Jacksonville Jaguars could have been last year I mean Jaguars weren't that bad last year I but. know but I mean. <laughs> but to me, like, like if both, like, to me, like, the Jack, okay, let me rephrase that. The Bears are what the Jack of the Jaguars were last year every time Bortles played well. Right. Exactly, because Trubisky's been a lot more consistent. Right. Trubisky's more consistent. Even his bad games aren't nearly as- the disastrous games that Bortles has. So, like, they're pretty much just as good as that defense. Maybe a slightly less talented overall, all 11 men. Yeah, they don't have the depth. Yeah, but but they're like they're on par, they're close, and their offense is way more reliable. So they're gonna be scary because in a one game elimination situation, their defense they they could they could game plan well against they game plan well against the Rams or game plan well against the Saints. One week they could beat them on the road. Yeah, that they're capable of that. So that's possible, but I think we saw the two best teams, uh, two of the three best teams. Cause I think the Saints are definitely in that conversation still. Um, especially after the way they demolished Philly this week. Kendall, we're at the point of the show. We got to do Flames and Trash this week. I'll go first with Flames. Kendall, I'm giving it to C. Vivian Stringer. Uh, We don't talk much women's college basketball uh, on the show, but if you don't know, C. Vivian Stringer is the women's coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. She made history last week. We didn't do a show last week, so we couldn't talk about it, but she made history becoming the first African American coach in Division One basketball to win 1,000 games. That's pretty remarkable. It puts her in the same class as a Gino Auriemma, a Pat Summit, a Mike Krzyzewski, a Jim Beheim. That's rarefied air, uh, and not someone who has clearly gotten the same kind of uh, accolades as those other coaches have. Now, of course, maybe she hasn't won as many championships, but again, I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, we're gonna look at the record books and see Vivian Stringer is gonna be a pioneer to, yeah. to to have that kind of record for your career. Um, is she in the Hall of Fame? That's a good question. Uh, yes, okay. in two thousand nine, she was inducted into wow. to the Naismith Baseball Hall of uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, good job. four Final Fours, four regular season Biggie Championships, uh, six Big Ten Championships. Uh, two coach of year awards nationally. Uh, she, I mean, I mean, I don't know. She's she's done it all. She's she's a, a, a all time great coach, and um, and that was great to see to see her uh, do that. Especially Rutgers has been down a little bit in recent years. They haven't been the kind of program they've been in the past. But what happened that six and twenty four year? I don't I don't even begin no. <laughs> like, to know. I don't follow close enough to know what like, happened. Uh, some Pete Bell stuff. <laughs> I mean, she needs a neon bado. What happened to the pro- What to the program? Well, um, um, they started three zero this year, and they said they recently got a win last week. So, um, especially with C. Vivian, uh, at age seventy, who knows how long she has on she the sidelines. Course, yeah. Her getting one thousand is awesome. So, shout out to her, legend. And all the Rutgers. She baby and a string. And, yeah, shout out to all the Rutgers, for sure. Well, yeah, well she she, she did it all at Rutgers. No, Iowa. She coached at Iowa, too. Oh, she coached at Iowa? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize she had a very successful time in Iowa. She was career 269 Iowa. and 84 as Iowa head coach. She's been coaching since 1980, what? 1972? Yeah, 1970. Well, that's a typo, I think. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, 1972. Yeah, that's a long time. Like Start a yes. career at the Cheney Wolves, which I don't think they're D one anymore. <laughs> I don't even know if a school. Anymore. Yeah, it might not even be a school anymore. And um, um, she goes to Iowa, and now she's been at Rutgers for. It's not. I mean, I'm more sure than in two 1972, decades. being a coach in women's college basketball wasn't that, especially low women's college basketball. Probably wasn't that daunting, or well, not daunting, but wasn't that hard to get that job. Oh so, so, yeah. yeah, like she might have been 20. She might be right out of college and was coaching that team, but um. Yeah, no, very impressive, very impressive. You want to get flames, or should I do, uh, should I do trash? You can go trash. I I give my trash this week. My trash is Daryl Revis. Uh, yeah, she's pick. I can. I'm sorry, I had to do it to you, but. Coastal I got, champs. I, I gotta get. Well, my well, yeah, well, you got even Miami beat you guys, We still have no saying this. <laughs> but uh, I gotta give it to Daryl Revis. Let me be clear, Durrell Revis, one of my favorite all-time Jets. Uh, one of the best. Probably one of your favorite all-time Patriots as well. <laughs> did he best to wreck that I, right mean, I don't even know how to respond to that um, uh, my favorite all time Jets I think Duarte Revis is one of the top two or three best New York athletes in their prime I've ever seen individually I make that case all the time when I ever people I get to talk about Duard Revis so I want to make that very very clear when I talk about how I feel about Duarte Revis as a player however he's trash this week because he went on I believe he's on uh, uh, Evan Evan Roberts' show on WFAN. Evan, maybe Evan and Benigno. I'm not sure how their WFAN WFAN lineup is anymore. There's a million people there now. And it seems like Francesca still is on all the time. But shout out to WFAN nonetheless. Anyway, uh, he was on there talking to Evan Roberts about the Jets. Of course, a lot of questions around Ty Bowles, how much longer he's going to last. I'm honestly surprised he's still the head coach at this point. But I'm giving Durarevich trash because. He uh, kind of spilled the tea, or at least thought he was spilling the tea, about his feelings about Ty Bowles as a head coach. Uh, going into, well, now in jet lore, recent jet lore it's kind of an infamous last game of the season against Buffalo in week, week 17, 2015. The Jets uh, win and they're in the playoffs after beating the Patriots the week before. Jets had a disastrous game in the snow in Buffalo, lost to Rex Ryan's. Buffalo Bills, a team that was not very good, and it cost the Jets a playoff spot. Revis had comments this week kind of saying that the team wasn't ready, questioning the coaching staff, and questioning the coaching preparedness for that game. I'm sorry, Darrell Revis. You have no say in how the Jets performed in that game or what the coaching staff did in that game. You are a premier cornerback. You were paid premier money to come back to the Jets. The Jets always try to choose you well. And Bowles stuck his neck out for him after that game, during that entire season. Talking about, despite De'Aaron Revis' obviously diminishing skills, still kept it classy and still tried to big up him being a Jet legend and protected him throughout that year in the media. That dude, that game, Kendall, Revis was matched up against Sammy Watkins. When want Sammy Watkins' final line in that game? Let me hear it. 11 catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. I'm sorry, De'Aaron Revis. I don't hear anything about preparedness. When you were matched up against... other team's best receiver and you got barbecued over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again as a defensive player as a cornerback you're supposed to take pride in that one on one matchup and now three years later you're making excuses about preparedness of your team when if you could just stop the other dude from catching the ball your team would have won Rivas has a tendency sometimes as great as he is to lean on that diva mentality and that I'm gonna throw people under the bus mentality randomly out of nowhere. It's almost like he wanted to like exercise those demons that he may have been living with all these years since then to come out of nowhere and start saying, "Oh, actually, by the way, Bowles didn't prepare us. That's why we I couldn't cover anybody. Nah, Dr. I you were trash this week." All right. Well, uh, I'll start with uh, Flames. Um... <laughs> EJ, you talked about how, you know, your college basketball team, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, best team in the country right now. Best in the world. Well, best in the world. By, uh, my college basketball team, EJ, the Memphis Tigers, and we got the best player in the country. His name is James Wiseman, EJ, and on SportsCenter uh, Tuesday uh, afternoon, he committed on National TV to the Memphis Tigers. Obviously, that's playing for this week. Um, you know, I've waited a while to talk about, uh, Memphis basketball, um, because I've been holding on (laughs) to... You're going to keep waiting after today. Yeah. (laughs) We ain't going to talk about it until next year. Yeah, probably, probably, but that wait is going to be, uh, it's going to be a long wait, but it's going to be sweet. Um, we've got now the number one ranked player in the country, along with another five star also from Memphis who... Decommitted from Kentucky DJ Jeffries the thing what makes this Wiseman commitment so impactful was not I mean he's a great player but the story around his recruitment was essentially that before Penny Hardaway was hired to go to Memphis James Wiseman was a lock to go to Kentucky it was 100% without a shadow of a doubt he's going to commit to Kentucky the reports where he was telling people at his high school oh yeah by the way I'm going to Kentucky yeah, and he publicly committed, but everyone knew he was going to Kentucky. Then we hire his high school coach, Penny Hardaway, and his AAU coach, Penny Hardaway, to be the head coach at Memphis. And now all of a sudden he's like, well, I got to look at Memphis now. And John Calipari, the dynamics of that is, well, now this is my old school that I left to go to Kentucky. <laughs> now they're trying to steal the guy that I've been prioritizing for like three, four years. Mind you, Cal Perry doesn't recruit kids when they're, like, freshmen and sophomores. The only guys he's ever recruited as hard as he's re- and as long as he recruited James Wiseman, Michael Giggel, Chris, and Carl T. Towns. Yeah. Those are the only two guys that he's prioritized the same way. Penny Hardaway had, what, five, six months maybe to recruit James Wiseman. Cal Perry's been recruiting this kid for three years. He ends up going to Memphis. That's a major blow to John Calipari. Perry. On top of the fact that DJ Jeffries decommitted from Kentucky to go to Memphis, you get the trend that guys now want to play for Penny Hardaway more than they want to play for John Calipari. That's not good news for Big Blue Nation. Now, if you're a Kentucky fan, what I what the, the the rationale is: well, both these guys played for Penny Hardaway in high school. You know, both these guys are from the the Memphis area. This is a blip. You know, they're not going to be able to continue this kind of. Uh, this kind of success on the on the recruiting trail, I, I look. I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, you know, I have a, I have a confidence that we're gonna be getting other guys. And the thing also about it, Kendo, is you don't. If you're Cal Power, you don't want. Like maybe that's the case now, but what if those guys go and ball out of Memphis next year? That's, Does Memphis yes, become yeah. a a flagship uh, pro- and done program? Spot. Where people say, "Yo, like maybe that's the place that we need to go." Or maybe sometimes yeah, you know dude. the big thing of, a lot of these coaches—you need that one special recruiting class, exactly—and that special recruiting class can 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 represent wins and, and bring a swagger and a new energy to your program. That could be the responsibility. Could, they could be responsible for the next recruiting yeah. class you get next year. Yeah. So, it, yes, you could say well, this is honest this is like a perfect storm with these Memphis area players being five star recruits, but this could be the beginning of something special. Like, for Cal Power, yeah, and even not good. beyond, even beyond seeing James Wiseman play, like the number one recruit in the country next year is Jalen Jalen Green, guard from California. Also, Memphis is the favorites to get, but it's still early on that recruiting because he's got a whole year. But regardless, now Jalen Green sees James Wiseman committing on Sports Center to Memphis, and it being a national story. Yeah. And him saying, "I could do that." Yeah. It would have been weird for him to go to Memphis now. Or last year because they were irrelevant program with a boring coach and a boring program. Yeah. But now it's Penny Hardaway. Now James Wiseman went there. James Wiseman is Jalen Green's boy. They're both part of Unicorn Fam. You know, if you don't know what Unicorn Fam yes, is, please explain to people quickly. Should unicorn I? Fam. I don't know. I was gonna say Google it, but you know, James Wiseman pulled out a Unicorn to make his decision. The Unicorn Fam is very similar to the Jelly Fam in that this is a group of players that consider themselves unicorns. Much in the same ilk as Chris Dasporting is. That's uh, what the kids do nowadays. I- I'm too young. I'm too old for this stuff. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> it's a ripe right age of twenty. jellyfam yeah, Jelly Fam, Jelly Fam. I understood. Jam Fam thought was pretty funny. I don't really get Unicorn Fam, <laughs> but regardless, um, no, this is a great day for Memphis. Uh, the next test will be whether or not they can get Matthew Hurt, who mm-hmm. is a guy from Minnesota that is very much connected to Mike Miller, but he's got offers from Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, and Minnesota. So if they can get that guy who in every I – mean that dude's – a dude from a white dude from Minnesota is not supposed to go to Memphis. If he's a five-star, he's not supposed to go to Memphis. So if Penny Hardaway can get that dude to go to Memphis, then that will be a complete game-changer that would shock the college basketball world, I think, even more than James Wiseman going there. Quickly, can you explain to people, like, Wiseman's game? Why why is he such yes. a... Yes. Why is he number one player? Why is it such a, a big deal that this guy... Well, is I mean, yeah. This? I mean, if you're an NBA From, fan... From, like, just, like, a, a regular fan standpoint. Yeah, like, this dude is... Um, the comparison, the best-case scenario, this guy is, like, Anthony Davis. I mean, he's... That's the impact that he could have in college. Um, he runs the floor like a deer. He's very athletic has skills that stretch out to the perimeter, um, obviously an interior defensive presence at seven one. Um, I the the idea with Wiseman is that some people feel like he's a better NBA prospect than he is, that he will be a college player, right. and that might be the case. I can I, I will see how he looks next year at Memphis, but um, I'd be surprised if he weren't a top three pick. That's it's too I, early that's to I say. He's without a doubt the number one guy. He's not like I don't think he's on that level. But yeah, I'd be shocked if he weren't in a top three pick. He's just he embodies what the modern NBA big man is kind of supposed to look like. And this isn't a this isn't a class that I see anybody else. Maybe Cole Anthony and then maybe uh Jaden McDaniels who his brother plays the San Diego State Jalen McDaniels. But Those are the only two guys that would also be in that class for me. But, um, no, this kid Wiseman, it's it's a serious deal, getting a guy like that. Uh, Quickly, who's trash? Who's trash? Uh, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, EJ, are trash because, according to Adam Schefter, uh, they are expressing interest in wanting to interview Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State under... In the, in, in the Bush administration, indiv- indiv- for what? <laughs> in the Bush administration. Not not as a not in the front office position. As, as the head coach. As the head coach of the football team. <laughs> they would kind interview of the Rice, former Secretary of State in the Bush administration. Uh she also was is a member of the college football playoff committee. Um she also, you know, did a whole report on college basketball, you know, giving away all the problems of college basketball. How things could be fixed called the Rice Report or whatever the Rice Commission. Yeah, that's what it was called. But so she's been involved in sport the last couple of years. She's been involved. Yeah, in, she's like a noted like sports fanatic. Yeah, you know she's she's a Cleveland Browns fan. So there are reasons why this is happening. That it's not like they just plucked some random, you know, politician. I mean, these are big stretches we're making. Yeah, big stretches <laughs> for sure. <And> you kind of see it is random, but. It, it, it's a joke. Um, and there are some people that are like, look, this is good for, you know, the progress for women in sport, women yeah, in she football. She was obviously the first female head to coach. To be interviewed for a head coaching job in the yeah. NFL. But, like, I feel like this is making a mockery of that even idea. When you were saying that the only woman that could get, a, <laughs> that could get an interview for a, a head coaching job in the NFL is Condoleezza Rice, then... That, that again, we're making a fool, we're making a mockery, we're making a fool out of the system and out of that issue of getting women. Yeah, isn't it like Paul Brown's daughter, like <laughs> running the team? I mean, uh, in, uh, uh, Paul Brown's uh, granddaughter is running, she... the, running the Bengals. Wait, why don't we give her an in interview? She's much more. I remember like in a uh, hard knocks a couple of years ago, she was like doing all the contract negotiations. Right, he's Mike Brown's daughter. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember you talking about Yeah, like. Why, like, why wouldn't she, like, she could be, in theory, she's much more qualified than right Carleza, right. I mean, she's not I mean, a Browns fan. Maybe but. Mike Brown will make a head coach next year. It wouldn't yeah, surprise me. Yeah, I mean. If there's anyone, hey, look, if there's hey, any, hey. the only person that could possibly replace Marvin Lewis is probably anyone in the family. Yeah, and, and that, and also, if there's any, any team that could hire, a, if they can hire a woman that, that the fans wouldn't go crazy, it'd be the Cleveland Browns in the sense that, well, it's not Marvin Lewis, so. You know, we're actually happy. Who cares about the qualifications? But no, like this is a bad move in the sense that. I Me, mean, Cincinnati Bengals. That in terms of you Cleveland Browns. Oh, Cleveland, yeah, this is like it's not Marvin Lewis. Fine, yeah, yeah exactly. It's not Marvin Lewis. So great job. Um, but no, like we have to like condole condole the Rice, If this was a front office position, I would actually be intrigued. I'd be like, you know what? I'm I agree not, with, I agree with you. I'm that. not sure if this is gonna work. I'm not but I mean look, they hired Pete Brand from Moneyball. a.k.a. you <laughs> know, Billy Beans guy to be like their Yeah, Jonah Jonah Hill. Jonah they hired Jonah Hill from Moneyball. I call him Pete Brand, even though <laughs> that's not his name. But they hired Jonah Hill from Moneyball to be like their top <laughs> executive in football. And like that made no sense, but look, it was an interesting swing of the it was a home run swing and it didn't work. Hiring Condoleezza Rice as a front office executive would have been very interesting because she has a history in management. She knows football. So she knows sport. So I could see that connection. Can you imagine a hard knocks with Condoleezza Rice running training camp for the Cleveland Browns? That would be that would be a joke. I posted on Twitter. I feel bad. I'm upset it didn't get become viral. I posted on Twitter a uh, Darth Vader quote from a comic book. So this is gonna be Lee's first quote after first practice at Browns training camp. Darth Vader says, "Quote: I'm only sur- all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men."
1: That's gonna be a Conley's right quote. Say that on Imperial.
0: That's gonna be a and Rice quote. Uh, after one practice dealing with these Cleveland Browns. It, it also makes a mockery, real quick, of the of the Rudy Rule. Cause I feel like now they're gonna be like, "We got our black interview. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even you know. <laughs> yeah, yo, yo, just get interview. They gonna be Carson. <laughs> I know, right? Yo, ben Carson. Why not? <laughs> yo, I mean, he's just head coach. Yo, Herman Cain. You you want to get a you want a job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So this is. I mean, you've said all the things that are obvious. I mean, I, I, to me, I look at this and it tells me the Bronx aren't serious about winning. Which is very sad, considering they have like a rookie quarterback that they're trying to develop. Yo, imagine <laughs> like if the fact that you're saying Baker Yo, Mayfield, out. I think, would ask for a trade. If they <laughs> hire, if they legitimately hired her. I couldn't really, I couldn't blame him that much. And the optics may not look good, but yeah, this seems kind of... Ridiculous. What optics? If if I if I know, if the, but I'm just saying, Chicago you know, you Bulls, know, if, okay, keep on. You know the optics. If Chicago Bulls hired Barack Obama as the head coach of the basketball team, look honestly. I'd be like, yo, that's pretty dope. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, a point guard, now. I'd be like, yo, I'll be Obama's point guard. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> anyone else, any other politician, I'd be like, yo, I don't care about the optics. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not playing for this guy. Look, I will say this. Honestly, like, to me, whenever I see something crazy like this, beyond just, like, saying this is the stupidest thing I've ever I just go, okay. Yes, we all agree that this seems very stupid. Why do they think that this... Is not stupid to me. I said, okay, what are Condoleezza Rice's strengths? Um, she's don't um, she's she knows how to deal under pressure, absolutely. Um, she knows how to delegate, absolutely. She knows how to communicate, absolutely. Literally, she, she has to communicate with different languages as a secretary of state, knows how to work the media, N- yes. You gotta know how to work the better media better than any coach in the league can. She's great at administrative responsibilities that you would think translate to a head coach. This is all an indictment on Hugh Jackson. This tells me Hugh Jackson had no control over what the hell was happening in Cleveland because it was so bad that they were like, I don't, like, they just are so, they're so, so, yes, exactly. They're (laughs) so worried about, yo, let's just get someone who knows how to organize? How to organize, like, and just not have this joint looking crazy, and like, and like, if it's not even a head coach, like, that's fine. We'll get like other people around them to make them look okay. But like, we were a mess, and we can't have this next year. That to me is what I see. Like, that's what. That's the only thing I can come up with. And, and when you see Hugh Jackson, the minute he gets fired, go on first take and start telling his story. Yo, it saw, makes me think. This is why they're doing yo, this. When I saw Hugh Jackson was was what Hugh Jackson really did a number and scarred their front office in terms of administrative skills or lack thereof. And they were like, who's the best person who knows anything about sports that we can do this for? And I think they came I think Connelly Device came up and they were like, Well, she's a fan. I think they've widened their search. Like, yo, we just need someone who could just organize stuff. We'll find people who can call plays. And the fact and maybe that maybe they're asking gonna- the Possibly been that bad that that you're willing to go Look. after Secretary of State who never coached football. And maybe they're sitting down That's for an interview. Scary. If we're being realistic, maybe this interview is just picking her brain. You're a fan. We, you, we're gonna lay out all of our problems, and I want you to tell me how you would fix this this scenario. And they're not. They maybe will never hire her, but they do want to hear how would you fix this, and then maybe implement those some of those changes that she would put in there.
1: And I so wonderful. That's actually
0: to smart. Is there any chances that happens? Yo, honestly, I thought I've thought about like if they did hire her, like if I if I'm John Dorsey and like Jimmy Haslam comes to me is like that's our coach. And I'm like he, he's like, I don't care what else you do, but she's the head coach. Then I'm thinking in my head I'm like how do I like compound, or how do I, I don't say fix, because, I mean, that's she's the coach, but how do I, like, how can I work around that? And I'm like, well, you got to hire an offensive coordinator that's, like, a genius. You got to hire two gurus. You got to have a defensive coordinator that's a genius. You need need to hire two gurus on both sides of the ball. You know, like some former head coaches, (laughs) you know, like, I need like, Gary Kubiak. I mean, I mean, I guess Ryan and Gary Kubiak, you really would need people like that. (laughs) Exactly, like, and maybe it wouldn't go crazy. I don't know. Like me, I feel like I, I mean it goes down to that thing like EJ. Could you be a head coach in the NFL? I mean, I, I don't know. I would be honest, that. I'm like I know. I don't know enough. No, about X I don't know. I don't think I would. I, and like I, don't I, don't think I, I don't think I can get the respect of that many guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting respect in the locker room. I'm not getting respect to the coaching staff. They look at me like, who the hell are you? They're not like that's the thing. That's why this is so crazy. Because like you, you really think that. Rex Ryan or someone, some defensive coordinator, <laughs> go, 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 and listen, go <laughs> and listen to to the Rex. And he's like, "Yo, we stop blitzing." Yo, I want, I want to call a run play. They ain't listening to her. <laughs> We're going for it on fourth down. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not going to. Yo, Ty Haley wouldn't listen to Hugh Jackson. Exactly. They 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 think they, they someone who has never coached football before is going to get the respect of anyone who knows anything about football. Like, oh man, I, I don't know. I exactly kind of gets me upset because like I kind of feel like I would have liked to have seen what Connelly could do. In the front office, that could have been very interesting. But like, if she actually became the head coach, that there's no way that joint would work. <laughs> no, there's no all. way. But and it's almost like, how do they not see that? How do they not see that this one where they even interviewing her? I'd him? almost like be more interested if this was like college. Like, I feel like <laughs> if this was college. If be such a more low level, where I'm like, like when Hurt, I mean her Edwards is like an NFL coach, like makes a, like he's actually qualified. But like when he got the Arizona State job, I was like, I mean, it's, who cares? Like. Like they have nothing if, to lose. They have nothing to lose. If it doesn't work, they can fire him in two years. Yeah. But it could be wildly successful. Like I would have liked to have seen her gotten some random job, you know, whatever her alma mater is. And I just think she might have went to Stanford. Give her a Stanford job just put a lot of coaches around her. And that would be a little bit more interesting. But the NFL? I mean, yo, Cleveland Browns, man. They're in some bad shape. Like, and, I was, and look, honestly, I a lot of Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that no, can't that, leak. That, yeah, that can't leak. That I can't. Agree. That can't. You can be like, you could have joked that about be, that. That has in to be like a that has to be like a shocking hire that just happens. You can't let that. And not even like, I, I don't, I don't think they're good, ever going to consider hiring her. But even if that's on, even that, if she's that makes on your list of interviews, you can't let that get out. That can't. To me, that's worse. If you have, if you really have no intention of hiring her and you let this get out, this is worse because you just look, you look stupid. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That so that's why that that, that that's why that's ridiculous. Part of me wonders if they did this on purpose and they tried to do this as a trial balloon. I mean, they can't. They like immediately like did damage control. Like, oh, this isn't true. We don't have a list of people. Conor right. Lisa Rice came out was like I ain't taking that job. <laughs> Which was, even that because was Conor Lisa right. Rice is smart. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she saw the. Have you seen the Cleveland Browns play football the last She's twenty like, years? I'm a Browns fan, but I'm, I ain't ever taking that job. Yeah, come on now. She's not a dumb woman. I mean, it's oh, yeah, uh, Cleveland Browns. And honestly, honestly, if I was a Cleveland Browns fan, I'd feel like hopeless. And this, this, this also—that is true. Because like, feel this hopeless. is the one franchise I think can't joke like that. Yeah, it's like, yo, we really, we really don't know. <laughs> like, what if this we're was doing. like the the Giants, I'd be like, all right, whatever. You know, like they, the Mara family has earned that respect. With yeah, well, maybe they know something I don't know. But like, this just makes Jimmy Haslam look more bumbling than he already looks, and like. Honestly, my last thing is, like, now I think this opens up the net for, like, they Any, might hire anyone somebody be the head like coach. crazy. <laughs> yeah, anyone Like, it may not be Condoleezza like, Rice right, crazy, but it, they might hire, like, like a yeah, basketball yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah, high school, like school, coach, Jackson like might, a high school football coach <laughs> could yeah, exactly. be hired and would not surprise me. Like, anymore. Hugh Freeze might be the coach of the Cleveland Browns. You won't even realize it. Like, Lou Holtz might get hired. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. You know, like, seriously, I agree. I think that this clearly opens up the thing like, clearly like, they're, they're being anyone, creative. Anyone could be hired. They don't want to. And, like, I understand it to an extent because, like, the last, like, they've gone decade, they've gone very conventional and it's gone awful every yeah. time. So maybe, like, just go off the beaten path. Like, hire whoever. We give you a blank check and see if it works. Interesting. But Conley Rice cannot get out. That that name should not be in the, in the media. Somebody leaked it out. Made, like you said, probably was intentional, but poor management by the Cleveland Brown. Let's do quick picks. Kind of OU at West Virginia. Winner goes to the Big Twelve championship game. Likely to face Texas. Who get who you got? Wow. Um, I'm say Oklahoma gets that one. I think Kyler Murray uh, writes his ticket to New York. I mean, he's probably already going there, but uh, puts a little bit of pressure on Tua in that Heisman Trophy conversation. Yeah. This week, West Virginia. I mean, this is a tough road game. But West Virginia, man, I think a lot of the air got taken out of that balloon by that loss to Oklahoma State. It almost kind of reminds you of Miami's loss, loss to Pitt last year. Whereas, okay, now can you go and get up for a championship level game next week against a team that probably is a little more talented? You that is not gonna let up. It's a tough task, even at home. I'm gonna go with uh, OU as well. Washington at Washington State Apple Cup, one of the biggest Apple Cup games we had in a long time. Winner goes on for the Pac-12 championship game. Washington State, with a win, is puts himself in position to still possibly be in play for the college football playoffs. So a lot of stake here, Kendall. Who you got, Washington? Washington State. Uh, I hope Washington State doesn't make the playoff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they make the playoffs, uh, and they play with Alabama. They ain't one of the four best teams in the country. I you know like the Pac-12 is very weak. Um Who've they? Have they played anybody in the non-conference? Like I don't know. I don't know what their non-conference schedule will look like, but they're not one of the four best teams in the country. Uh, I'm hoping Washington wins this game. I'm gonna say that they that they do. Um, they have not played anyone a note in non-conference. Their three games against Wyoming, San Jose San State, and Washington. Washington. And they just beat up on the Pac-12. Who's their one loss? Uh, SC. SC is their one. Yeah, this team maybe one. Of them. If we're saying this team's better than UCF, yo, <laughs> screw the screw the committee, man. UCF, I don't, I don't UCF beat Pitt, which isn't a great win, but they beat Pitt. They beat uh, North Carolina, also not a great win, but they beat we're North Carolina. We're waiting to find a good win here. But then they also they ran through the American, just demolished Cincinnati, who was ranked last week. I'm not saying that their resume is amazing, but they also haven't lost in like two years. Yeah, they ranked them number nine. I mean I mean that's so disrespectful, man. They don't want at what point they don't we'll, wanna see these they don't wanna see them in the playoffs. I understand there's a thing of like different teams every year, but like this team hasn't lost this team hasn't lost in two years. I know. At what point are we gonna be like we're gonna give this program a shot? Yeah, including a, a power six win in the bowl game last year. Including the Auburn win. Like if it wasn't for the Auburn win, I'd be like they haven't played nobody. Yeah. But like they did the same thing last year. And they proved you guys wrong. Are we really gonna go through this again and make them beat West Virginia in whatever bowl they're gonna play? Yes, that's what they're. That's, they're what gonna, they're. that's what's gonna happen. They probably will beat them. And then Josh Heupel's gonna go, to, gonna get some new job. He's gonna lose he, every game like uh What's name lost it? Josh Heupel, man. This is a little off topic, mm-hmm. but he better get, he better get whatever job he can. Strike whether well, the You don't want to end up like Major Applewhite who's fighting. Uh, and Oliver, <laughs> you know, on the, on the sideline. Not, yeah, he we didn't even, no even get to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Who you got in this game? I got, uh, did you make a pick? Did you make a pick? Did you say you don't want oh, Washington I, I, I to say win? I said I want Washington to win. I'm rooting for Washington. You going to Washington? I don't know if they're going to win it. Uh, I think Washington. I, I think Chris Peterson had something up his sleeve. I think people have uh, forgotten about the team a little bit. I'm going with Wazoo. Uh, I, I know it's, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's probably not going to be very good, but their offense is high powered. I don't know if Washington can keep up with a team like this in an emotional, big kind of game. Washington is usually very well coached defensively, but this just seems like Wazoo's is here to do something special. Um, Everything is all in their favor. I got Wazoo in this one. Um, dang, I really want to talk about that Ed Oliver thing. That thing was so. What do you, What do you got to say about it? Uh, is it possible that both of these dudes were wild? Can we just like everyone's always pick sides? Can we be like, yo, both of these dudes were very wrong. Yeah, like, look, I I'm I'm leaning on the on the Ed Oliver side. I'm leading in his camp, but like, it wasn't it wasn't a good look because like, okay, I see both of you guys are wild because number one, like, I only played. Be clear, I only played one year of freshman football. But with that perspective in my head and knowing just, like, rules and kind of, like, how etiquette. things work, etiquette, it's kind of ridiculous for you not to be playing and you're wearing <laughs> one of those, like, little coats they put over the players who, who play. Right, right. It's, it's a ridiculous move. It is. Is it a bad look? I don't know. It's a bad look. It's not, it's like, it's a bad, it's not It's not the worst thing in the world, but, like, yeah, a coach, a coach telling you to take that joint off, that would happen. That's right. not surprising. The head coach walking up to you, pulling it off of you is a little little more dramatic. But, again, not out of own possibility. However, Major Applewhite, you kind of been talking. You've kind of been giving this dude smoke all these last few weeks about his injury, whether he can play or not. And you come with that kind of energy all week about him not playing. And then on the field, you pull something like that. You, that dude's going to blow up on you. Like, you clearly, like, you... you, you you've been you, poking the bear. You've me. been poking the bear. I know he's a, your own your player, technically, but, like, you've, you've kind of been riling up. You've been wanting this confrontation, whether you, he's admitting it or not. He keeps saying, oh, I didn't want this. No. You wanted this confrontation, and now you asked for it. And for him, you didn't recruit this guy. You're never going to get a player this good. Nope. <laughs> like, the idea that you're going to alienate someone like him is ridiculously stupid. yeah it shows you he's given up on this year he, he's checked he's checked out just as much as that has. like a savvier coach would have found a way to not make that a national story yeah so major Applewhite young coach up and coming that was a terrible look for him but it was terrible for Ed Oliver. why are you why are you wearing a damn jacket that you're not supposed to be wearing like it's not like we a certain point we can't always just be like oh like the play like the coaches are being a hard ass like sometimes like no like just follow the damn rules yeah, don't be an idiot right? yeah like just don't be an idiot like and I'm not saying average oh, I'm sure he's a great kid everyone says he's a great kid but like we know you're not playing because you want to play in the NFL you can't though go be wearing the jackets out of four players you just can't and then they take it off you and you're gonna go crazy no you can't I mean you can't have people talking about this I don't know why he's even on the sideline just go home People were saying, yo, this is gonna kill his draft stock or whatever No, no, that won't matter. I mean, Marcus Smart literally like fought a fan <laughs> and that didn't hit his draft stock like one bit. Yeah, no, no, he that still was, went where he was yeah, supposed to go. Yeah, no, and that wasn't and I like he that was a classic hold me back. He wasn't gonna do anything to major Alpha of White. So Yeah, exactly. So no, that's that's not and trust me, if you watch the tape on Al Oliver, you ain't gonna not draft him because of that thing that happened. <laughs> not at all. So uh last game, of course, big game of the of the, of the year, the big game. Um, not the big game, technically. Technically, Stanford uh, Cal. But big game as far as I'm concerned. Michigan, Ohio State. <laughs> at least stanford Cal has been a big game in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Since that band. <laughs> There's a band yeah, ran yeah. on the field. <laughs> John Elway. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State at the horseshoe. Kendall, who you got? Winner goes on to the Big Ten championship game. Um, Michigan trying to stay alive in the Cosmo playoff. <laughs> Apparently, Ohio State is as well. They have no chance. I don't hear anyone talk about Ohio State. Man whatever regardless <laughs> this whole uh this UCF thing is frustrating I me mean, I don't even think they're that great but if Hosey gets in over UCF like clearly like I don't know what they I'm gotta be do. I don't know what I'm gonna do yeah like if I was them I would literally like 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 I was like I would too yeah boycott like the playoff system or something I would. Do something, I would I would do something drastic honestly like, I'd be like I'm not playing in my bowl game you, you, just, you can't 10, you can't do that can't for money. Out, you can't turn on that ten million dollars they're gonna give you. You can't do it for the check. Not UCF. <laughs> you know, Oklahoma can do something like that. UCF can do something like that. Nah, but um No nah, yeah, I've got I got Michigan in this one. Uh there is a, there is an outside chance that Ohio State uses last week's scare as like motivation for this game, which if you need motivation to play Michigan. Then, at Ohio State, then you have lost. Then yeah, and honestly, this team looks like they need motivation to play Michigan. They do because they didn't look like they they haven't looked like they wanted to play in like months. Yeah. So, um, maybe that is an outside chance, but I think this Michigan team has been like on a mission the last couple weeks. Uh, they Shea Patterson has been playing very good ball at the quarterback position. Um, they've they seem like. I don't think that they're national championship good, but they do seem like they're one of those teams that could give, I would say Alabama trouble, but they are on, I think they're on that same level that Notre Dame and Clemson are on. I'm not sure how great Notre Dame is, but that's a whole nother conversation. But um, I think this is one of the four best teams in the country. I was out on Michigan, I before the year, but um, I think Ohio State's like just not that good. I mean, it just goes down to like the whole this whole UCF thing. Like we can say like yeah, UCF like I don't know, they only beat Pitt and they only beat uh whatchamacallit? North Carolina and Cincinnati or whatever. But like they just beat Cincinnati by twenty something plus points. The number twenty four team in the country. And Ohio State was a bad throw in overtime away from losing to Maryland. Yeah a team that's got, like, five wins and is not ranked and has gone through the most tumultuous season of any program in college football this year. Are we really trying to make the case that UCF couldn't beat Ohio State or they wouldn't beat Ohio State if they played them on a neutral site? UCF is playing much better football than Ohio State, and yet the committee is like, well, Ohio State still has a great chance of making the playoff, but UCF, they've got no shot makes no sense. Yeah, Ohio State should have like three losses. Um they should have lost to Michigan. Maryland, they should have lost to Nebraska. Nebraska yeah, they threw that game They threw that game away. They, they would have just not been stupid in the first half. They Ohio State would have been in serious trouble in that game. Um that being said, I actually the Ohio State is going to win. Uh They look like a team that has been limping to this game. But this is a big moment for Michigan. This is a game that everyone thinks they should win. It's it on the feels road. like one of those games Harbaugh is just going to wet the bed. No. Uh, it just looks like this that game where, like, <laughs> after, after we're all asking, is Harbaugh the guy? I don't know. I just get that bad feeling. This is a classic big offense versus big defense. Michigan's defense is one of the best in the country. They've been dominant for most of the season. Oh, Ohio State has not had issues offensively, really. Defense has been terrible in recent weeks. But, um... Michigan, I think, think scares you with anything they do offensively, which is why I think Ohio State is going to have a good chance here because I think Ohio State's office will give them chances to stay in the game for sure. Because I don't think Michigan's going to run away from them. So, uh, I, I'm going to go with Ohio State in a close game, nail biter again. But I think they're going to thwart Michigan's uh, dreams here, and it's going to be more heartache for the people of Ann Arbor. Let's wrap up the show, Kendall. What's uh, what's Kendall's score? Yeah, we're going to stick with college football. <laughs> we're going to go to Lawrence, Kansas, which college football in Lawrence, Kansas, EJ, has been dead. Not, not a thing. <laughs> More or less, not a thing. Um, Hasn't been since uh, the days of uh, Mark Mangino. Uh, oh, shout out to Mark Mangino. Yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Last time we saw him, he was cursing out his players on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen Mark Mangino. Uh, since then, EJ, their coaches have been... Uh, Charlie Weiss. Uh, that didn't go very well. That didn't go very well. Uh, Turner Gill. Remember Turner Gill? Yeah, didn't he say like, uh, his goal was to uh, beat K State, win the Big 12 North? Was that, it, 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 is those, that those were the only goals of Kansas? What's Turner Gill doing now? I remember he did a good job at Buffalo. It's like, I feel like these coaches, like, they get there one shot and then they just fall off the face of the earth. He's a coach of liberty now. See what yeah. I'm saying? Like, how do you go from like. Okay, like he did a terrible job at Kansas. He, but like, he did a great how do job you go from him. like Kansas to Liberty? Like, don't like, isn't there like a level between Kansas and Liberty? It's okay, like you did great at your last job. This Kansas job didn't do good. So let's put put you somewhere in the middle. Clearly, he's one of those guys where he didn't want no assistant job. Yeah, but he couldn't coach like Memphis or something. <laughs> like, like, somewhere in between <laughs> Kansas, Kansas and what? West- Kansas football is pretty much the bottom. <laughs> pretty much the bottom. Which leads me to uh, David, Be- David Beattie, who's their coach now. Got fired, yeah, and went off for him. They have replaced him, EJ, with the Mad Hatter. Oh man, the hat is back. Less miles. That's awesome. Earlier this week, you know, people's uh, antennas were percolated when he reached a buyout on the last yeah. like what was it, like four million dollars or something on his contract with LSU, and you don't just give up four million dollars. If you don't have unless something, there's another, unless there's another back, yeah, exactly, yeah, basically, unless <laughs> there's another back coming, he'll <laughs> just give up four million dollars. So then people started to connect the dots. They're like, look, is Kansas jobs open, uh, makes sense for less miles. He ends up taking that job. Very interesting fit because you would think, I mean, a national championship coach, why do you want to take the Kansas job? clearly he sees some sort of upside with that position. Um he is I definitely feel like Les Miles is one of the he's gonna step in next year and be one of the fifteen ten, fifteen best coaches in college football. And I don't think that's controversial. Ten? He has a national championship. I, I mean that's like different now, I don't know if like from day one he might it might take a little bit, you know, I'm not saying they're going ten games next year. But I'm just saying like if I could have, if I put ten coaches in their resumes, their coaching acumen. I'm drafting coaches. Les Miles is going in the top ten. That's how I thought about it when you asked me that. Name me five, right? I'll, name me eight, like just easy. Saban, one. Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Meyer, Meyer. I don't like the stuff off the field, but still Meyer, Franklin, he Franklin. I mean, all right. I'm saying today, <laughs> not that, not not ancient history. Today, squat, today. <laughs> I mean, he's one of want Um, oh, Kirby Smart. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Kirby smart. smart. Yeah, definitely Kirby Smart. Um, fit <laughs> Kirby Smart before Franklin, man. Although USC is very interested in Franklin right now. So uh, yeah, uh, it. Hey, it gets tough out there. I mean, there's a lot of. Average coaches in the SEC. I mean, we taking Dan. Mullen. I'm taking Dabo, of course. Yeah, Dabo, that's six. Uh, am I taking Dan Mullen? No. I not not. I I don't. I gotta see with Dan Mullen. Does. He did a great job this year, but I'm not gonna jump out the window yet. You might be right about that. Now I'm getting that. Now every I feel like every name I say now is questionable. I would say Chris Peterson. I yes, think that's I'll solid. Take Chris Peterson. Uh yeah yeah then he gets to me let me give me an assist with this the rankings here um I mean like I'm taking Brian Kelly <laughs> all right This team's Go. undefeated that's... and or on the I mean that's less miles on the unemployment <laughs> line are you taking Jimbo I mean no uh you Pat Fitzgerald it's tough. Tom Herman, I mean, like there, there are names. Yeah, I, what I mean, what was that? Eight, nine? That was nine. He's top. I said fifteen. I said you've top. Yeah, he, 10, said, he said fifteen. So you can make the case. He's right on that. He's right. He's right in that class. And everyone. I mean, Mike Leach. Yeah, they're on the fence with that one. Coach O, Dana Holgerson Holgerson. All these guys are like in the same. Tier. They're in the same tier, right? Exactly. Like, and none of the guys I well, would name I, None of the guys I would name except for uh Malzon has and a Giants, Jimbo championship. Yeah. And Jimbo. Like so that's why I say like I mean if you're Kansas, I told you you can get a top fifteen, even top twenty coach tomorrow in college football. I mean, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> where, a great get for them. I think literally the worst program in the power five. And <laughs> now we have a top twenty coach in all the country. I mean that's like I said an excellent get for them. The question on the other side is if you're Les miles, why do you want the Kansas job? Les miles is, is a weird dude, and I say that in and then like the nicest way. I'm not trying to diss him. When I say right, that right. like he's he's the guy that eats grass. He's yeah. the guy that calls trick plays against Alabama yeah. when it looks like it, it he goes for it on fourth that fourth and six in his own forty. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. Exactly. laughs> he's that kind of dude. Like he's like a he's like if a mad a guy who plays Madden playing an NFL coach, <laughs> right basically. a college football coach. That's who he is. Like. So, he's a he he's a weird dude. Like, it's something that we can't really explain. Does He, he probably he, showed up on campus and was like, yo, like, I just dig this place. Yeah. I, I can make this special. And I kind of, like, I kind of commend him for, like, this dude could have got, like, a handmade job. Where yeah, it's, like, yeah. some coach he laid that. the groundwork but just couldn't win games. And he shows up and wins he games. Got, he like, got. he literally did an LSU. Yeah, basically. Like, Saban so laid the groundwork and quit. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he he'd go he to the he NFL. His work, yeah. And then he just, like, took his team and just... Ran with it, but like he could have got Oregon or something. Yeah, he could have got a great job, but I kind of like that. No, like he wants to build a program and like he built and people forget he built Oklahoma State. Like right. I think he kind of got a bad rap at LSU because like they forgot that groundwork he started. He earned that job at LSU. for did OK State and he that team was terrible before he got there. So I think he probably looked at it. I kind of think about kind of Rick kind of said the same thing where it's like I kind of wanted to. Build something on my own. I didn't want to like just go somewhere and it's like everything set up and it's just a seamless thing. He probably looked at. I mean, Miami is a lot different. Yeah. Than Kansas. Like, but like, but I think I'm saying just the mindset of right. just like saying no. I don't want to just go and just like pick up where some other guy left off. Like I want to like actually build something. And like you start at Kansas, you're building from scratch. But I'll give him. I'll give him a shot because the Big 12 to me is not that good. There's an opportunity. Cause like Look at what Matt Campbell's doing at Iowa State. Yeah, exactly. Can, can that not be done in Kansas? Same resources. I mean, clearly they have the money. Like, they TCU, put that money TCU in basketball. Matt has a luxury play in Texas, but like. But Gary not... Patterson's also a better coach. Than... Right, he's better. But like, they don't recruit crazy. Could you recruit on the level of TCU with less miles? Definitely. Yeah. You def- less miles can recruit anywhere. So, what is Gary Patterson still doing at TCU? It's about it's getting to that Greg but Marshall it, he, he at might, Wichita might, State. Where it like, might, it's time to get out of there. Man. You saying that? But maybe he's maybe he's Mark Few. Maybe he's like, yo, I love Fort Worth, and like, why, <laughs> but like, why am I gonna go to a tribe where it's gonna be a lot more pressure and a lot more stuff when like, I can always be good here? Can he always be good? Now you're in the Big Twelve. He's 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 been okay in the Big Twelve. I mean they're decent, and they they've they've, almost, they've, they've won the cup. Yeah, they've 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 done very well in the Big Twelve, but like. That's going to be hard to sustain, man. Like, year in and year out. They're going to be years where they win seven games. But he's like a legend at this point. Like, he, like, he has no... Yeah. His, like, job security is not a big for him. He's no, never exactly. going to get fired. He'd have to quit. Right. Because like, they're, like, be, they're never going to be consistently bad. Can but, like, he ever win a national fired. championship at D.C.? I don't think so. I can't say no. Especially in this playoff no, I can't for- say no. In this playoff format, I can't say no. Because to have to win two bowl games to be, if Alabama. Ever, Alabama is so much better than everyone else. That, like, if they if the seem to be anybody except Alabama. right? right, right. <laughs> A lot of these teams to be everyone except Alabama. So, could they, they beat Ohio State and USC in one year, definitely. Like, that can, it can happen. I'm not saying it's likely, but the way he coaches oh, man. and the teams he puts together year to year, absolutely. When Alabama, just have, they've gotten bad luck. One, thing we... one year they got robbed out of getting out of the playoffs because they put Baylor in. And, um... And, and, and that, did they put I forgot what happened. There was some issue where, like, they didn't want to put – I think neither team got in. Uh, in a ridiculous tiebreaker, they didn't have a, play, a conference championship game, and that ruined them. Right, But they should have got in that year. And last year, they won a the Big 12 championship game. So I, I can't say, like, it, like, he's he's done a great job there. When it, the one thing about Alabama is that, if thing anything we learned about college football, is that this Alabama thing isn't entirely new. And that once Alabama. Is, they've been killing teams for years. Well, even like the idea of a dominant program like Alabama being a thing. Oh, you know. Like, it's not new. It's not new. Once Alabama. Once Sabin leaves and Alabama falls off a little bit, there will be a new program. That'll be Alabama. I don't know who it is. I don't, It may be Clemson. Maybe it's USC. But yeah, I mean, just like there was USC there was before USC. them, there was Miami there was before Miami them. Miami before them. Exactly. Forest the State. for State before them. <laughs> you know, like, like, there's always a. Nice, dope program that's just dominated college football for, like, five years. Of course. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, no, nah, I mean, this Les Miles thing is uh, it's a very, very interesting move. Um, I What I will say is I think two, three years from now, uh, Kansas will be an eight-nine-win program.
1: Two?
0: I'm going to say two or three, yeah. By year two or year three, I can't take could Three, I could see. They're definitely a bowl program. The Big 12 is really By bad. By year three, they'll be because competing for. Like, TCU, the Big title. there's only four teams above 500 in the Big 12. I know there's only 10 teams, but that's still less than 50%. Only four teams that are bowl eligible? Yes. Man, that's, that's bad. I, I don't know. Is the TCU play better? I think TCU played better in the last game, so therefore, someone is going to. No, I'm lying. No, they don't. So, is, uh, so there's danger. a chance that they only have four teams that are bowl eligible. And it's conference of ten. That's, that's a rough year. It's terrible. Do you have what it was last year? Uh, I can. Yeah, let me see. Last year. Cause I don't know if that maybe that's, like, a norm for them. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Last year – no, last year they had – All but two? Yeah. No, all but three. Yeah, two. Exactly. All but two teams made a bowl. Now this year, most of the conference won't make a bowl. But it, I mean, you know, now isn't technically like the bowl eligible things all weird because like sometimes now it's like five if you like, get a if, there, if there aren't enough. Well, it's like I think if there aren't enough teams that like are bowl eligible right. from other conferences, like you could take a team that won five games. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually might have, yeah. So that's probably um, that may happen this year. But I mean, that's terrible. It's a terrible. Yeah, game. even if the, you back so, your like, way to the I mean, games. I, I saw in two years a lot because Kansas is so bad. But I mean. We already know that uh you know TCU had a bad year. Um Baylor is is really on the decline. There's gonna be an avenue for them to come up quickly. Tech is not that good. Okay State. I think Mike Gundy may be on his last legs. I Iowa State is fourth. You can't tell me I mean, he can he could easily get Kansas and on Iowa going. State level. And I, I, I think within four years, like, I agree. I think Kansas will be a formidable team. I'm not saying they're going they to challenge Oklahoma or anything. No, no, like they that. ain't win it. But, like, they but will be, like, a competent 7-8 <laughs> We team. can't forget about, I mean, Mark Mangino had this team rolling. They won the Big 12. They won, They were, like, a top won, five they team. To the, they they went to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> 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 they would have beat Chase Dan and went to the National Championship. So game. Like, they literally could have been in the playoffs. Like, right. <laughs> if there were the playoff back yeah, then. back then, they would have been in the BCS probably, Championship. Yeah, game. They, exactly. So, like... I mean, there's no uh, – it's not like it's impossible to be good in football, Kansas. We'll How did Mangino do that? How do he not have a job He doesn't get that? enough credit. I don't think he wants to coach. What is he doing now? All right, we got to go back to Google. First, t- the Turner Gill. That Yeah, we just learned a little – it's, like it's like the ghost of, ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> the ghost of Kansas football past. I don't know what Charlie Weiss is doing, but I don't think I care. Mark Mangino – Uh, until 2015, he served as the offense coordinator at Iowa State, but he's not doing anything now. But apparently, there's a recent article talking about how he uh, is hinting at returning to the sideline. So, he deserves a shot. The Kansas football since has been nothing. He might be an assistant at Youngstown State from what I see. Youngstown State's got low-key, got, like low low got, like, Hall of Famers. Got, like, Hall of Famers walking around there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. And yeah, Bo Bellini's still there. That's crazy. I mean, Youngstown State's like, yo, we got one of the 30 best coaches in college football. <laughs> I know. They do, <laughs> at an FD- SCS school. I don't know what. Come Yo, know, Youngstown is different than everywhere else. I mean, there's yeah. a different, yo, man. That town. Got Jim Dressel. I mean, yeah. A lot of alumni. They got, like, multiple dudes that are coaching, like, BCS games. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, that town is crazy about football, though. Uh, yeah, Pat Narduzzi is a Youngstown guy. Uh, I think this is a great show, Keno. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on. Uh, Facebook New Generation Media on Twitter at New Generation Pod and on Instagram New Generation Podcast. Follow us on YouTube New Generation Media where you should subscribe to our channel and like our videos. Follow me on uh, Twitter at at EJ Stewart and on Instagram at For now we'll be back next week with more Sports Talk for Kendall. I'm EJ. Peace.